T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning, fellas. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Big fan of the show. It's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Hello there. Hey, you guys! Hey, guys. Love the show. Big fans. Over probably 20 years. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Call or text WGR at 803-0550 or post on X at WGR 550 and get connected to Jeremy and Joe now. Yo, good morning. That guy says he's been a fan for 20 years. It's a long time. It that's, is. That's like the, uh, it's about the whole thing for you, that's, right? That's about as long as I've been sitting in this chair. Yeah. Yeah, November. This, 20, uh, 2004? Uh, yes. You're in that chair when they're making their run and lose to the Steelers? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, 2004 is right, because in November, it will be 20 years for me sitting here wow. at, at, at 6 a.m. All right. <laughs> Man. Yeah, what are you guys going to do? You we guys gotta, should do a party. We should have a party. Howard could come back and say, hey, I guess. Yeah. Have him pick something, too, while he's here. <laughs> Eat some fruit. 20 years in November. I'm not even... That's we'll, have to, we'll have to cook something up. That's big. 20 years. <laughs> Don't you get like a? You're supposed to get like a gold watch or something too. Yeah. What is twenty years? I don't twenty know. is twenty-five is silver, right? Fifty is gold. This is something that I am going to have to learn because I have no idea what anything is. What is even like? Nobody knows other things. One anything other than twenty-five and fifty for anniversaries. Although anniversaries are different than Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. Like Super Bowl fifty or the fiftieth season of the sabers or whatever they use golds for 50s and often 25 is silver but when you get to weddings and anniversaries and things like that they kind of squeeze a little bit together faster okay what's 20 nickel 20 says uh china china there's also there's going to be modern there's modern and traditional this one just says china okay if you search and actually they don't give any description so if you didn't know any better you might just be going through and be like Okay, we got bronze, we got furniture, silverware, China. What does what does that mean? Yeah. It's just the country? Something from there? Fine China. Fine China. Yeah, well That's what you're getting. It'll be twenty years in uh November. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I do feel like aren't I not I'm not old enough for it to have supposed to have been that long. I mean I'm kinda old. 
For it's supposed to have been that long? How I mean, do you mean? I'm, 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 when that happens, I will, again, like 20 years sitting here, mm-hmm. and I will be 45. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is not that far off from you. If you were sitting in that chair oh, right, right, right there when you're 45 years old, yeah. that'll be how many years for you then? That will be that'll be about 17 years. Yeah. Well, 18 years. Right. Yeah. So, so about the same, yeah. It's a long time. We'll still be sitting here can waiting you, for Sabres playoff game. <laughs> I was going to say, can you imagine you sitting in that chair 17 years from right now? What what will happen to Buffalo Sports in the next 17 years? They'll win a championship. Yeah. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the betting odds be in the minus category for the next 17 years that they would win a championship? Yes, yes, definitely, because it's a long time. Yeah, it's 34 seasons between the two teams, one of which is very good right now, <laughs> and the other one is hockey, where anything could happen, except for them being good, I guess. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> if we're going to put live odds on the Bills winning a championship in the next 17 years, that's minus money. Yeah. If it's the Sabres... So it's a little, it's a little bit of a bonus. I mean, don't maybe. you want to put it at a big underdog? Um, I don't. The hockey's weird, isn't it? Is it? It's not weird here, but like, didn't the Kings win as like an eight seed once upon a time? The whole thing they did. How many teams have won the Stanley Cup in the last seventeen years? There's a question for you. How many different teams have won how the many Stanley Cup franchises in the, in the last seventeen years? It's got to be. My guess is, it's well, I mean, 12. one team it's, didn't exist. Seven years ago, when they, when they won it. It's probably in the neighborhood of 12, right? Because the Kings and the Blackhawks both would have won multiples. Okay. The Lightning have won multiple. The Bruins, the are pe- we down to like 10 teams? The Penguins would have doubled up a couple, right? The Penguins might have three, in four the last, in that time. Just in the last three? 17 years. We're going back to 2000, well, geez, we're going back to 2007. Yeah. So since the Sabres, you know, we all felt like they had a good crack at it. How many teams have won? All right, so 17 years we're going back to 2007, right? Yep. So 2007 is the Ducks. Let's just say post-lockout. Post-lockout, if we include the Hurricanes, um, we're talking about... 12 teams? Like, I think you nailed it. I think it's 12 teams. 12 teams. 12 teams, yeah. Tampa has two. Pittsburgh has three. Chicago has three. L.A. has two. Yeah, there's a lot of doubling up. Yeah. Hmm. I'm still... Yeah, okay, maybe I don't like my odds as much <laughs> as I did three minutes ago. Well, I I'm mean... still going to keep it in minus money, though, because of... Uh, I mean, Allen's going to play for, what, 13 of those 17 years? Not 13. That would be probably playing to 42. Maybe, maybe, maybe like, nine of them. Yeah, maybe. Nine. Which is a long time. It's a it, good amount. It is. What else is going to happen? It is a long time. Yeah, I mean, what's well, what's happened? I'll be driving a flying car by then. Will there be expansion? Like, will the NBA come here? Will a team move? A, I mean, team the move? NBA come here? Yeah, sure. Who knows? No, come on. That that one is no, no, no. Joe, I don't know if you, I don't know if you <laughs> know this. Plus a billion <laughs> in the next seventeen years. First off, uh, the moder the moderate climate here is going to attract another uh, three million people, and, and then be, it'll become a major market. It's going to be a tropical. Uh, Just saying, destination. A lot can happen in 17 years. Think of how many sports teams have moved. Yeah. Think, okay, here's a great example that actually ties into this week. Think of what Las Vegas's sports scene was 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Did not exist. Right. And now. Did they have like a minor league baseball team, maybe? They're like the, the Aces. Yeah. Sound familiar. And the U- Aces of WMB. And they had UNLV. And right. that's it. Right. And now they have an NFL team. They're hosting a Super Bowl. They've won the Stanley Cup. 
and they're getting a baseball team. And they're getting a baseball team on the way, and LeBron, like, three times a year is talking about how he wants to own the Vegas basketball team. Yeah, and he probably will, yeah. right? So they're going to have everything a at lot, some point soon. A lot can happen. In le- if, if you'd gone back 17 years ago, or, you know, mm-hmm. however many years I've been sitting here, now 19, and said, like, hey, how do you like Buffalo's chances of winning a, a title? Mm-hmm. What do you think will happen? Buffalo wins a title, or the city of, of Las Vegas gets a football stadium, Super Bowl site, NFL team, NHL team, and Stanley Cup baseball team. Yeah. Maybe the most hard to believe thing is that the NBA had not gone in there first. And hey, uh, the Winnipeg Jets are back, right. by the way. Right. Yeah, I mean, when you zoom out, a lot can happen in 17 years. Yeah, I guess that's. I Seven, guess that's 17, 18, 19 years, whatever. Yeah, I guess that's. Uh, oh gosh, that's pretty fair. So, where were you when you were, when you heard that Rex Burke had announced his retirement? I did not know he was still in the National Football League. <laughs> Me neither. Rex Burkhead, who I had in fantasy in like 2011, he I feel like announced his retirement. He does he does he qualify for like? I guess anybody can announce their own retirement, right? Sure. But like making it to uh, like, will that be on Sports Center today? That Rex Burkhead, oh, he's done. He announced his retirement. To be I fair, guess, he wasn't on an NFL roster this season, so so he kind of was be... already quasi retired. Yeah, okay. He played for the Texans and the Patriots and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. He did play for the Texans in 2022. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. Well, good morning, happy Tuesday. The Chiefs becoming like a dynasty would have been something 17 years ago. What yeah. were they? They were like they were just a team. They were just a team that played the Bills like every year to the tune of. Well, I guess you got some different types of games. Well, Bills but, blew them out a but these times. two franchises, the Bills and Chiefs, for a good long decade, were very similar. Actually, there's a little bit of a comparison now. They had the same life with the Chiefs just being a little better at it. Mm-hmm. Mediocrity. Right? The right. Chiefs were mediocre, and the Bills were mediocre, and the difference is the Chiefs would make the playoffs and get hammered in the first round and see you later. Whether that's Trent Green or Alex Smith, their life was about... Matt me- Castle in the middle yeah. there. Yeah. Mediocrity. And the Bills were mediocre just behind them. And now the Chiefs, of course, are the class of the NFL, and the Bills are just behind them. Yeah. They went from 1994 to 2015 without winning a playoff game. Then they finally won. They won two with Alex Smith. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, like, two playoff wins in two decades, basically. And they missed the playoffs a bunch. So, right, they were better at it because there are some playoff appearances in here. Um, but, like, to- tell a Chiefs fan 17 years ago, 18 years ago, hey, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to get the next best quarterback in the NFL. And the Bills have a version of that. So, yeah. you know, can they get one in the next 17 years? Can they get two in the next 17 years? Well, let's hope so because... You know, with if this, they don't by then, yeah. <laughs> with this Super Bowl, I was talking to a buddy about it last night, and he said his vibe on it is, I just have no time for the Super Bowl. I mean, I'll watch it, of course, but it's probably bitterness on our part a little bit. Mm-hmm. How much are we carrying around the Chiefs? I think it's a lot, right? I mean, I've, I've like, I, I, this will change probably by Sunday. And maybe waking up Sunday, I'm not even thinking about them in the last, like, I don't even want to think about them in, like, the last five days. Just, it does not bring me any joy whatsoever that, oh, here they are again. Just, worst, the worst version that offense has been since Mahomes got there, and they're, they're just back. 
Like, I I can't, I guess, come to terms with the fact that they have actually made it. Yeah, I know. And that they had the season that they did. I watched them lose to the Raiders on Christmas with the Raiders quarterback not completing a pass in the second half. Like, that's not the normal Chiefs. They don't lose games like that. This is not the same. And they just, they, they managed to get here. They And they did it on the road, too. Like, yeah. they finally did it. They played the road playoff games. Can't even hold that against them anymore. So, I'm not spending a lot of time thinking about them. But I'm, by Sunday, you know... I'm probably will re-enter the idea that now they just they beat the Bills again and they are they are here here they are they're in the Super Bowl yep. again like like it's like it's automatic it's got to happen it makes the Super Bowl and maybe this is true every year because let's rewind it would have been true last year the Bills lose to the Bengals and it becomes the Chiefs and Bengals and then the Chiefs go the year before that it's 13 seconds the year before that. It's the Bills losing the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. So the Super Bowl, maybe during all those years of mediocrity, we were just going through it like the last 17 years before Josh Allen shows up, you get to the Super Bowl and it's, all right, hey, I'm going to get to watch two great teams and that's fine. And now the 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 apartment that the Bills live in that overlooks the Super Bowl, it's a pretty clunky metaphor, but it's before 7 a.m., so it's allowed. It's different. The Super Bowl is always going to be this is how you kind of know your team is super bowl or bust because mm-hmm. now you get to the super bowl and it's jeez uh, mm-hmm. right i'm trying to put up a twitter poll to figure out how to even put this in like is this does the super bowl bring you joy or is it just a reminder right now because i think the 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 space the bills live in the super bowl is a reminder mm-hmm. that you are so close yet so far away yeah, I mean, the Bills haven't even been to the AFC Championship game since 2020. Right. And if they got back to the AFC Championship game, let's say they do that next year. That'd be great, right? That's a step forward. And they lose that to insert team here, the Texans. What would we do for the next two weeks? <sighs> mm-hmm. The Super Bowl has become tedious is the wrong word, but yeah, it's a reminder. I would just like to have the week with them in it. Like, what's the week like building up to it? I mean, obviously, if they get to that point, you're going to want them to win it very badly. But it, I guess that I, I kind of like that this is, you know, it. Well, for me, it's a reminder that that's another year. That's another year. This, the, it's like, you know, there, there's a, there's a clock. There is, you know, maybe there's nine years left. Maybe there's ten years left of Josh Allen as their quarterback. Maybe there's six of him playing this level. And every year that they don't go, even if even if they make the AFC Championship game, but they aren't in this game, then the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl will be a reminder for me that, no, that's one more year. That's one more year where your odds go down of winning it with this quarterback because it's just it's one fewer season that you have. So, And it's a reminder when the Chiefs are in it that they're, they're the boogeyman. You just... For some reason, that's the team it hasn't happened against. Well, they're living the charmed life that you want. That's enough, the, right, exactly, and yes. There's also an element of, and this gets to the Lions point, for Bills fans that might have been rooting for the Lions, when there's a team that's already won it before, the idea of them, them winning again is it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's excess. We lived this with the Patriots. The Patriots, uh, they're back again? How, how could they possibly need another one? Why do you need mm-hmm. another one? You need three more? Oh, you need five? What is yep. this nonsense? Sure, dynasties are interesting and good, but you guys get five, six? I'm looking for one. Mm-hmm. It's tough.
Has the Super Bowl changed for you as a Bills fan since they've become good? Is if I if I put this in a Twitter poll and ask the question, it's just a reminder. People will know what that means, right? Yes, it's just a reminder. Like it, it's changed. Mm. No, it's the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't know the answers to this Twitter poll, but I do feel it. I'm excited to watch the game. Yep. But at the same time, it is. Yeah, I'll do the same thing I did for the AFC Championship game, probably, which is I will hate watch it. I will hate watch the Super Bowl. That is that is new for me. Yeah, you didn't do that uh, last year because they it was they, they already been in it multiple times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not. I think I they hadn't beat the Bills. That's right. Which also maybe and matters here. Before la- I mean, last year the Chiefs were there, having only won it once. Right, a win, a loss. They're playing the Eagles. I was, I think I was rooting for the Chiefs last year. I, I know I was. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know why. Why? I yeah. don't I don't know. I know I was rooting for them. I don't have any idea why. Was it an Eagles thing? Because I know we were not uh, necessarily in on the Eagles. We weren't this year. It might be. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't have an explanation. I was definitely rooting for the Chiefs when they played the Bucs. <laughs> I didn't want Brady to win yes. again. Yes, I, I and, definitely was doing that. And last time they played the Niners... You they know, were I'd, they were new, right? Yeah, like right, it was yeah. the first time Mahomes had been there. Um, man, yeah, the the hate watch. I, I wonder watching this game if it will be like it was for New England with me, where like every time every time they were in it, after a certain point, well, really even at the beginning. I mean, when I'm the first Super Bowl I remember as a kid is Patriots and Rams with Kurt Warner and Brady. So like I don't know a Super Bowl history or existence <laughs> when Brady is not in it, and. Since that game, it's all out root against them easy. Like, this is just what you do. You root. I grew up knowing you just root against the Patriots. That's it. They're going to be in this game, and you're going to root against them because that's what you do. Yep. And maybe that will happen with the Chiefs now. I, I don't, I've never hated the Chiefs, though, like I have the Bills, or excuse me, the Patriots, where. It wasn't even just that they beat the Bills. It was, oh, Brady's just the worst. Oh, it's, Belichick is just it's the exhausting. worst. Insufferable. Yeah. And, like, you know, it, Mahomes a little bit different this year, but not too much. We're like, I think they're kind of likable. Andy Reid is pretty likable. You know, you could you could be into Travis Kelsey a little bit. I guess though some of his stuff is kind of similar to, like, what Gronk would have been as a personality. But either way, like, Mahomes and Reid way more likable to me than Brady and Belichick were. So yep. I don't know if I'll have as easy a time as just saying, yep, hate them, go, I hope they lose by 50 on Sunday. I hope they lose. <laughs> but, come on, if they lost by 50, it'd be great. It'd be great. Wouldn't it? If they got blown out by the Niners? Yeah. How would my life change? It's a Bills. <laughs> I mean, even if you're rooting for the Chiefs for some reason... If they got hammered by 50. The only reason you'd be rooting for the Chiefs is if you like really believe like Reed and Kelsey would retire if they if they won it. Right. Or, or Belichick would take over, which Adam Schefter has speculated as much. 803 Kind of landed on this. You can give us a call. Has the Super Bowl changed for you now that you can see that target? You know, there's there's a comparison here to be made, Joe, that even for fans. The Bills getting to the Super Bowl has become realistic, but it becomes it's become a job. Mm-hmm. You used to just enjoy the Super Bowl. Right, now it's like, yeah. no, no. And now as soon as the Bills lose, I have to watch that and see that. And you know what? It's kind of like every Bills fan is now Steph Diggs standing outside the tunnel at Arrowhead. 
just looking at it. Yeah. Watching yeah. the celebration. That's us now. We, we stand outside the tunnel. Like, <sighs> how are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? 803-0550. Larry in South Florida calling early. Hey, Larry, good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. Um, yeah, Joe just said it. Uh, there's only one reason I want. I am going to root for Kansas City because I want uh, Reed to retire and maybe Gronk to um, wrestle Kelsey in retirement in WWE because McDermott has shown that I, I feel like he falls apart in the playoffs against um, Reed. And if it is Belichick, great. We've already beaten Belichick, hammered him in the playoffs. Yes, I know they didn't have Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I understand yeah. that. But I'm, I don't think he's afraid of Belichick. I don't think he's afraid of Reed, but I just feel like he gets so conservative. But then he goes and he does that fake punt, which I still want to vomit from that play. But anyway, the real reason I called you is because I got excited and I want to. I'm on the wide receiver chair, train, Jeremy. I've been on it for a long time. Very good. But I saw Zerline say that uh, Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU will fall to the Bills at 28. Do you think there's any shot? And if so, what do you think about this guy? It's one of my. Thanks, Larry. We'll get to wide receiver idea of the day at some point today. Maybe mm-hmm. Brian Thomas Jr. We can mix it up. I, I saw an idea for a trade up too. Brian Thomas Jr. is probably. It's February 6th. I think it's my favorite idea right now. Yeah? Wow. It makes the most sense as the best potential prospect, again, on February 6th, that might fall that far without a, a, a trade. Mm-hmm. He's not Malik Neighbors. You're offering up another first and a third. And a lot of the scouting report stuff on Brian Thomas Jr. is that he's a do-everything guy. As we talk about what the Bills need boundary, speed, you want some people I want catch radius or uh, catch point or yards after catch. And Brian Thomas Jr. of LSU, I mean, there's the LSU connection with Joe Brady. I mean, they didn't exactly overlap. But still, I just I think that looks great, Brian Thomas Jr. Hmm. So he's not exactly the most highly touted guy. There's a couple different ones out there that could be right there for the Bills. Maybe he goes 14th. You know, you never know. If you look at last year's draft, if I'd said to you, Oh, what do you think about the Bills getting Jackson Smith and Jigba? You'd say, oh, no way, he's going to be way gone. Because people thought he'd right. go like 10th or 11th, and he went in the 20s. Yeah. Zay Flowers, oh, he's going to be gone by like 12th, 14th, and he lasted till the 20s. Mm-hmm. So you never know how it's going to go, but I like that idea just fine. In fact, <laughs> I've got an exercise I want to get to later today. At uh, buffalobills.com, the Bills posted a, they do this, a mock draft watch. Mm-hmm. Mock draft watch 1.0, which is... Maddie Glad puts puts it together at uh, buffalobills.com. A collection of, right now, the mock drafts and who the Bills are taking in all these mock, mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. So you mentioned Lance Zerline has Brian Thomas Jr. He's not the only one. Draft Network, Justin Mello has the Bills taking Brian Thomas Jr. Vinny Iyer, Sporting News. Brentley Weissman, Draft Network. Mm-hmm. Three guys have the Bills taking Brian Thomas Jr. Explosive, downfield, I think there's a lot to like about that idea. He's also a guy that I think I've read this about him, that he plays faster than you might guess he's going to measure. That's so good. that he might be one of those guys that slides because he doesn't run the 40 time that everybody thinks he does, but yeah. then he's going to get on the field and he's going to get open deep all the time. There's a lot to like. Terry, uh, Terry McLaurin, I saw him compared to for that. Okay. Where, like, McLaurin didn't test well, but if you watch this tape at Ohio State, like, oh, this guy gets open down the field all the time, and then what happened in Washington? 
Terry McLaurin gets open all the time everywhere. Yeah. I'll Give see me that. Can, see if I can find a comp for him. 803-0550. Thanks, Larry, for the phone call. Jeremy and Joe, we've got lots to get to today. Uh, Don Granado, Sabres head coach, slated to join us for his Tuesday spot. We'll talk to Don Granado. I've got trivia for you. Nice. I put together some trivia. You ready for Dallas Stars-based trivia? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Dallas Stars-based trivia? They're in town tonight, which means we have to do the trivia, and we have to guess the hot dog. Dallas dog. It's got to go better. I'm going tonight. They're wearing black and red. Has to go better than the last time they played Dallas. Were you there? You remember what happened? The last time they played Dallas. And in Buffalo, too. But either way. So it would have been last year. Last year. End of late last year, they they hosted Dallas. Were they down like 7 to nothing in the second? Uh, actually, that might have been ten to four. That's when and Comrie when was in for all of them. Comrie gave up ten. He gave up ten. Revenge game. Is he in tonight? And he he played more games for the team after that happened. After he gave up ten goals. Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's in that tonight. Memories. Yeah. Why not give him the, give him the shot? He's due. Yeah. <laughs> right. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Brazil is new for us this year. We are incredibly excited. We're going to do it on our kickoff weekend, which is an unusual approach and different than we've ever done. We actually are going to play it on Friday night of our kickoff weekend. So we'll have Thursday night as our kickoff game. Friday night we'll come back from Brazil in Sao Paulo. The Philadelphia Eagles will be the host team in Sao Paulo. Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner. Man, you want to know something? somebody who's good at his job? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. You know who else? Roger Goodell. Asked multiple questions. His ability to... St- oh, th- mm-hmm. yes, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Take the question. Just move it casually over here and mm-hmm. answer something entirely different or spin it a certain way. Yep. It was amazing yesterday. He was asked about whether or not a... You know, how do you feel about streaming games and one reporter even asked in a, in a way a very aggressive way how much how much money do you need from the average fan how much money is enough hmm. because asking fans to get peacock for a game right and goodell spun it as well we're just going to platforms a lot of people now are on these streaming platforms we're making sure that we're we're going to be readily available for the people i'm paraphrasing yeah but he basically sold it as well of course we're going to peacock because people are leaving traditional cable so we you know we're going to go to streaming services as well it's like well you, the game's exclusively on a streaming service he was also asked whether or not the super bowl would ever stream exclusively yeah and he said not while i'm here not on my watch the super bowl will not be a streaming event mm mm-hmm. So take that for what it's worth. He also sidestepped a question about former NFL Network uh, Jim Trotter, who has a lawsuit against Suing the them. league because yeah. he got fired for basically pointing out that, hey, like you guys keep saying there's all these minorities working at NFL Network in the newsroom, and I'm the only one here. Then he got fired for it, and Goodell got asked about it yesterday, and he somehow started talking about offensive assistance. Hmm. Like the Rooney rule, basically, is, is where he took that question. So he was doing it on all fronts. I heard a po- another podcast yesterday where I, I think John Skipper, the former ESPN president, I've heard him say this multiple times before, but again, I heard him reiterate yesterday that it's a matter of time the Super Bowl will one day be pay-per-view. I'll take that bet that it's not. Okay. I'll take that bet. 
I hope you're right. I think John Skipper of ESPN. Yeah. Form, former president former. of ESPN. Okay, He's former. now the president of, uh, what's that, Levitar? Metal Lark Media. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he, he would know the inner workings of how much it gets and how expensive it gets. Yep. I don't think the NFL will ever be. I mean, ever's a long time, but. 17 years? In the next 17 years, yeah, will, this, will, <laughs> will the Super Bowl be pay-per-view? My answer to that is it will not. Nope. Okay. But we'll see. 803-0550 on Goodell if you want that, too. Uh, Twitter poll-up, has the Super Bowl changed for you as a Bills fan since they've become good? 80% voting yes. And, by the way, the, the yes is not just yes. It's yes, ugh, <laughs> or right. no, it's the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Kevin tweets in, I have no desire to turn the game on. Another one here. Uh, my daughter has a soccer game 45 minutes away. I couldn't care less. Um, Mike, I watch because I know the Bills are good enough to be there, and if healthier, probably would have been. Ugh. Mm-hmm. More, uh, here's a good one. Another tweet. I booked a long, slow train ride from Baltimore to Savannah. Just me and my sad thoughts looking out the window at America without a television screen in sight. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Maybe next year Charlie Brown will kick the football. <laughs> That one is so sad. And Nate, I'll be taking advantage of everyone watching the Super Bowl and hit Universal Studios on Sunday. There mm. you go. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you Universal uh, Studios on Super Bowl Sunday, it's probably got to be pretty cleared out, right? Sure. In term like of of all days of the year to do that, that's got to be the one. There's probably that was Disney World on uh, Super Bowl Sunday. There's probably some life hack of what you could do during the Super Bowl: go skiing or something because people aren't out there. Yeah. Although it's at night, that might be tougher. Anyway, eight oh three oh five fifty. Sean in Rochester. Um, if the Super Bowl has changed for you as a Bills fan, hey Sean, good morning. Hello, Sean. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, just to give you kind of a an understanding of where I'm at, I'm uh, someone like yourselves who who is well, I shouldn't say yourselves, someone like you who has been you know uh, a Bills fan for some time now. You know, someone who's in my late forties. So I, you know, I've been around through the Super Bowl, and I kind of was, as you were talking, you know, talking this morning. I kind of thought to myself, man, what were people like when like the Bills were going through four straight Super Bowls that were like our age at that time? Yeah, so it was like, man, like can someone else get a shot? Because apparently these guys, you know what I mean? So, so I'm sure you know, people depending on where you're at. Because I remember like back at that time, like what people in our division, you know, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm probably miserable. When, you know, going through many years, or if I'm a New England fan at the time, I know they had the, the horrible Bears loss in '85, but like other than that, New England wasn't really doing much. So I can understand like how people outside of Buffalo feel during that time. But it, I think the thing for me that's really tough right now, is, you know, the difference for me is, you know, we got to the dance in those years and we had a shot. And I think I think that's frustrating for Bills fans right now, people like myself, who maybe your feelings is. It's frustrating because there's no reason why we shouldn't be the ones at a Super Bowl right now. Like, we're watching Brock Purdy go with San Francisco because they made better decisions with their roster and what they did with the team than we did. And it's not like we've made bad decisions. We just didn't make the best decisions. And it just seems like every time we get close, there's something or a reason why we didn't cut it. And if it's, you know, the wrong coaching decision at the wrong time in a game, but you coach pretty well all year, and you do great with what you have, and all of a sudden, in the most important times, we 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 don't coach the best in the most important times, or we don't play the best in the most important times. And I think that's what's frustrating for Bills fans right now is that we've been waiting so long 
for this quarterback, and we finally have him. And now we're watching everybody else make the Super Bowl. Um, not everybody else, but you know, we're watching teams mm-hmm. make the Super Bowl with yep. like we have, and they're doing it like all the time. Like watching KC make the Super Bowl with a lesser team is frustrating as a Bills fan because I would say in the past four or five years we had a team, probably three of those five, that was better and more balanced than the team for KC that's going right now. And we have that quarterback as well. And it's like, how come we didn't get there? And it's just, I think that's where we're struggling right now. Yeah. As a Bills fan. Thanks, Sean. You know, as, as you lay that out, I'm thinking about the the sign, deal with an America. We're back, deal with an America. When the Bills were going to four in a row, yes, to, to your point, people were tired of the Bills, the AFC especially. Oh, them again? Mm-hmm. Again with these guys? And here it is with the Chiefs again with these guys. You know, to point out all the ways the Bills could be there and why aren't they, this team that's there Sunday is the number one reason that they're not there or haven't been. All right. Number one. I mean, if they had traded the pick in 2017 to the Vikings, would they have made the Super Bowl like two times? It's a great question. If they had traded the Mahomes pick to the Bears... Well, the Bears would have already picked the guy. But the Vikings, stick with the Vikings. Sure, just they, they traded should, that pick to Minnesota. He's in the NFC. Are they? Have they been to the Super Bowl? Have the Bills? Yeah, they probably have. It's a great question. They probably have been to the Super Bowl if that has happened. I mean, there are other reasons. They lost to the Bengals, and they might have lost to the Bengals a second time. Maybe yep. the Burrow Bengals would be this for us. Where if Mahomes wasn't in the AFC, then like because a lot of it is just that guy, right? We saw Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. Before Mahomes got there, and we talked about it, they were like above the Bills, but they were not winning multiple playoff games with just those two. Mahomes got there, and then boom, rocket ship. They're the best team in the league, and they're the Patriots 2.0. So they're a big reason why you haven't been there. And it's it's obvious. They are there every year. The last three AFC quarterbacks to make the Super Bowl are Mahomes, Burrow, and Brady. Yeah. Like, Brady still being a part of that answer is is nuts. Thanks, Sean. 803-0550 to uh, chime in if you'd like to. I saw an amazing Super Bowl prop bet that we can't make because we're in New York. And it's, you know, New York has these there's, rules. There's limitations. There's certain rules. Like, right? you can't like, bet on the draft here. Right, yeah. right. I would love to bet this Super Bowl prop bet. I've never even seen it before offered. Okay. You know how props work. Sometimes they're annoying. You read one and it's like, okay, whatever. Who ca- mm-hmm. heads or tails? How long's the anthem? These are some- what color is the Gatorade? Right. Sometimes they're yeah. funny. Sometimes they're so random you can't even imagine betting on. I saw this one. Seth Walder, ESPN, had this Joe, and I loved it. Okay. The prop is if you want this, if anybody listening in Connecticut. Seth Waller pointed out you can make this bet in Connecticut, but not in New York, or if you're near the border, or okay. maybe there's a, a state or another state you can. Fastest offensive ball carrier, according to Next Gen Stats. Ooh. The prop is... Why is that not available to... It's not like... Okay, never it's mind. It's not available here right huh. now. But who gets to the fastest speed? Uh-huh. Imagine for a moment watching that. Yeah. Whoever you bet. Yeah. Doesn't matter who it is, whoever you bet. You need him to get the ball and get into space. Right. The favorite, Rasheed Rice. Really? Yep. Not uh I would have guessed Debo would have been Debo the is second. He's second. What about Pacheco? Pacheco is fifth. Ayuk. Ayuk is fourth. McCaffrey is third. McCaffrey third, right? Wow. You're watching the entire game 
and you're just rooting, you're for, just rooting for a guy to run fast. Right. Yeah. Open I, field. I want that bet. Yeah. We should do. Let's do a pool ourselves. All I want now, as we talk about how horrible watching this game is going to be because of the Chiefs. You know, gambling helps that if you want to go down yes. that road and have yeah. a little entertainment. But all of a sudden, now this has been put in my mind, I can bet who's going to run the ball the fastest. The fastest. That's something I want to watch. Yeah. There's a screen out to R- Rasheed Rice. Makes a guy miss, and, ooh, he's 10 yards free. Go! Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you score. I just want you to run fast. Right. You're, like, rooting for, like, oh, Ayuk's got the ball at midfield, and, like, cut. Yeah. Try to go or, around, cut around the safety. Don't you, go past you, them. You might not even need a cut. How about there's a end around to Debo? And the Chiefs are wise to it. But he's going to go all the way across the field. Yeah. That counts as speed. Yeah, right. You, that right. you don't have to run north-south. Yes. Just run. No, you want, <laughs> if, you did, if you didn't bet him, you would want him to run north-south. Like rooting for him to just like dive forward into the pile. Yeah. How far is Connecticut? Make a quick, quick, day, quick day trip? How far a drive is Connecticut? Seriously, I just want this bet now. I just want to bet the guy that runs the fastest with the ball. Yeah. Uh if he doesn't carry the ball, then you don't. You can't loot. You can't win. It includes kick and punt returns, for what that's worth. If you want to, mm. you know, love it. Fastest ball carrier. Does it include defensive players too, or no? Uh, no. Fastest offensive okay. ball carrier, but includes kick and punt. Because that's one where you could get a cheap, like you know, the defensive back catches it and he's got open field in front of him. Wow. For pick six. For Although, the- what are the odds there would be a pick six in this game? Probably not very high. Well. Oh, uh, Purdy throws. Purdy throws close to the line of scrimmage. If the Chiefs get one, you know yeah. they jump something or they get a hand on the ball. You never know. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Jeremy and Joe with you. We've got Don Granado coming up at uh, seven o'clock. Or sorry, eight o'clock, and uh, we're checking it with Roswell Park as well. Um, Doctor uh, Doctor Rainier Brenchin is going to join us coming up at eight forty five for a really cool look into uh, some of the stuff they're doing there. You've heard us talking about the men of WGR campaign and. Uh, getting screened for cancer as well. We've got a little more informational stuff coming up in the 8 o'clock hour on that. So excited for it because it's super fascinating stuff. We toured Roswell a couple months back, learned a lot, met Dr. Rainier Brengens, and uh, he'll be joining us. So stay tuned for that. When we get back, I hope you're ready. You might uh, – look, look, watch this. Watch this. Watch the old guy school the young guy right here. What? I bet you don't know right now the former Bills backup quarterback that has – the coolest account on Instagram going. There's a former Bills quarterback who is doing something on Instagram that is flat out awesome. I have a guess at who it is, but I have not seen this. So okay, I don't know. I'll tell you what it is. Right. When we get back, you're going to be following. You're going to be addicted. He's got something good going right now. That's next here on WGR. Good Tuesday morning. You know, it's going to be nice this week. Yep. Then it's going to rain on the weekend, but it's kind of crisp out there. Temp's getting up into the 50s on Thursday, and by the weekend we'll get a little more rain. But I teased something going to the break. The Bills backup quarterback. A former Bills Bills quarterback quarterback. that, for my money, is doing the coolest thing on Instagram right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not actually putting up it against all of Instagram, but stuff that might interest you. You out there, what Bills quarterback, former Bills quarterback, is on Instagram uh-huh. and doing something super cool? All right, my guess for this would be that Matt Barkley is doing something very cool on Instagram. That is not correct. No. Okay. 
is Tyrod doing something really cool on Instagram. All right, this would be a fun game. Play a little football music for us, Josh. For, let's play just you got to get the quarterback first. Yeah. More obscure. More obscure than, more both, than obs- both of those guys. More obscure. More obscure than Matt Barkley. Okay, it's going to be Craig Null. I want to say more obscure. No, come on. I, I, I do. There, can't, there isn't much more obscure than that. Uh, who was the trick shot quarterback? Alex Tanney. Not as obscure as Alex Tanney. Okay. Because this, well, remember, he was a YouTube star. That's Alex right. Tanney, so. Let me pull up this guy. More obscure, less obscure than Alex Tanney, but more obscure than Craig Null. I think so. It's a it's a debate. I'm pulling up their career stats to see who's the most obscure. Oh, how about uh, Levi Brown? Mm. Was that the seventh round guy that was their third stringer for a while? Craig Null never played a game for the Bills. Okay. This guy played, here you go. Is he obscure as only a Bill or is he obscure in general? Like it's not Matt Leinart, right? More obscure. Yeah. Because Matt Leinart's not obscure. He's just obscure no, as a no. bill. This this former NFL quarterback completed one career pass in the NFL. He also, he also won NFL Europe MVP in 2006. What? He won NFL Europe MVP in 2006. And he completed a pass for the Bills? No, he was he, on the Bills. He was on the Bills. He was on the Bills. He never played. When did they have a guy that was NFL Europe MVP? Is this going to be. Uh, uh, Jabron Hamdan? Jabron Hamdan. Wow. Okay. Go to, he was the NFL Europe MVP? Okay. Go to Instagram. Okay. I'm watching Jabron Hamden on Instagram every day. He's got a really cool thing going. What he's doing is basically showing you how to play quarterback in the NFL. So what he does, if you go to his account, all his things here are, not all of them, but play quarterback in 30 seconds. You click on the link. He says, rotate your screen and you do it. And what he does is shows you a play. Here's a play. The Tennessee Titans against the Steelers. He shows the diagram of the play and then gives you all the keys that the quarterback has to read. You're Uh going to watch for the safety. Is he going to rotate down this way? Is this corner going to take this away? And then run through. Your first read is this. Your second read is this. Your third read is this. The ball snaps. Quarterback reaches the top of the drop. He pauses it and says, where'd you throw it? And then lets the play continue, and you get to see what happens. And it is super revealing or yeah it it drives home the processing that NFL quarterbacks have to go through on a level that few others can do you're okay i right, i'm i'm, I'm going to watch this i'm going to see what that safety does and the play stops oh boy uh who is what <laughs> like yeah. you know it's NFL quarterbacking but again he's on instagram at jabron.com and it's really cool he's got a website called the creative quarterback been enjoying it. And, you know, there's the, the Bills reference in there as well because Jabron Hamden was with the Bills for quite some time. So there you go. Looking for an Instagram feed to scroll through when you're on your phone, mindlessly scrolling for 10 hours like we all do every day. Yeah. Um, this one will actually give you some football plays, whether it's the Lions or the Chiefs or the Steelers or the Bills, just breaking down plays. It's pretty cool. This is very, very cool. Right? I don't even have the sound up, and I'm already, like, wanting to do this. You just want to go back and watch them all. 
Yeah. It's a little bit and like see like how off I'm gonna be on all of these, by yeah. the way. It's it's a little bit like uh Ron Jaworski, Merrill Hodge used to do a show which was all twenty two film stuff and they would they would get into the the keys and the guys running the routes and what the defense did. And yeah. right now, where do you go for that? Where do you go for all twenty two? You go to the guys cover one. Eric yep. Turner does a great yep. job with that. But if you look for the national news, national sports broadcasts about, hey, where am I going to get? Where can I get an all twenty-two breakdown from ESPN or NFL.com of this matchup? You get like Greg Cosell and NFL matchup, but they air that at like what five a.m. Right. on Sundays. You're going like to get buried. You're going to get thirty-nine hours of is Brock Purdy a game manager? <laughs> but you can't get thirty-nine seconds of. How the Chiefs might strategically line up against the Niners and their zone run scheme. Right. So Javon Hamden's doing stuff like that, and I thought it's pretty cool. So there you go. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Jeremy and Joe, get more of your calls in when we get back. Uh, has the Super Bowl changed for you with the Bills being good? And of course, you know with the Chiefs standing in the way as well. You can give us a call eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning, fellas. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Big fan of the show. It's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Hello there. Hey, guys. Love the show. Big fans. Over probably 20 years. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Call or text WGR at 803-0550 or post on X at WGR 550 and get connected to Jeremy and Joe now. Hey, good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Yesterday we learned that the NFL is going to play a game in Brazil, and it's the second day of the season. Yeah, the Friday. Which, now that we're, we know that, it kind of makes sense, right? I, I, I did not search yes. this, but I believe it is, is it an 11-hour flight? To? From Philadelphia to Sao Paulo? 
because it's the same time zone. That's but... the thing, right? You don't have to worry about the sleep science, but you do have to worry about the absurdly long flight. Just how long it is in general. Yeah. yeah. So the Eagles will host somebody, and it's going to be the Friday after the season opener. The season opener, of course, will be either San Francisco or Kansas City, whoever wins. By the way, the Chiefs come here, so the Bills will not be playing on opening night. It's a I mean, 13-hour flight. 13 hours. From Philadelphia to... I mean, that's that's if you're flying commercially, where I just looked it up. I mean, charter, it's probably quicker, but not. it can't be by much. So yeah. that's going to be a, a long one. Yeah, for the Eagles. And but they can get there two weeks ahead if they probably want to. Sure, and you have the extra yeah. day to come home yeah. as well. So, uh, Sao Paulo on... Friday, right after the opening game. Cool. The commissioner did his press conference yesterday. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit of speculation that Roger Goodell did it on Monday rather than when he normally does, which is Friday. I think it comes it's Friday. It's usually or, late in the week. It's late in the week. Yeah. And there was a, a, a cynical suggestion, which I'm not disputing. I mean, you can decide how cynical it is, that he did it early in the week to duck half the media. Not everybody shows up on Monday. Right. Or of Super Bowl week. What does he have to duck, though? Well, I mean, rather than... He's had more controversial press conferences, I'm sure, right? Like, I mean, the the year when George Floyd happened. Like, Kaepernick. Like, that stuff. Like, that would have been more overtly, oh, yeah, he's ducking everybody if he did it on a Monday. Well, they've got their issues with streaming, getting a exclusive game that came up. Yep. That Peacock got that Chiefs and Dolphins game. Quick thought for you on the idea of the Super Bowl going pay-per-view, which, you know, that that comes up all the time, right? Every once in a while we get Mm -hmm. that question. I think the NFL would be flirting with, not flirting with disaster, but I think it's dangerous. Isn't this Super Bowl a great example of that? Pay-per-view Super Bowl. Oh, the Chiefs are in it for the third time in a row? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm not buying that. Mm -hmm. I'm... If it's on my television, I will watch it, Yep, and I'll see the commercials. But the idea that I've got to do extra work now, mm-hmm. I have to pay for this game, I just think if you introduce a step to the process, and how much would they charge that they would be able to make money? They get endless amounts of money from advertisers, and mm-hmm. they can just up their rates. How many years in a row has it been we hear the Super Bowl commercials are sold out two months in advance? All right. If for they, for millions, hundreds of millions per second. Like, yeah. If they doubled the prices, would they not sell it out? They might. Yeah. So the idea that they you're charge whatever they want, kind of. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm not one that believes too much that they're going to do any sort of pay per view option. And on streaming alone, like the Super Bowl goes to Peacock or Netflix or Amazon Prime. Goodell said yesterday that not while he's in the job. That uh. that, that 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 won't happen. So and he just signed an extension, so you got at least a few years before that. Yep, yep. That might be more believable to me that that will happen eventually, though, than pay per view. That it, it's going to be streamed eventually. The Super Bowl will be right exclusive to Amazon Prime in the year twenty thirty five, and just that's where you got to get it. Yeah. And it's not quite pay per view. It's you get this thing. You kind of have. You just have to have it if you want the Super Bowl. You have. You have to have it. That's already happening with primetime games now. That's happened with a playoff game this year. So that slow crawl, I think, is going to is going to happen. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Goodell also said the NFL needs to find a way to keep kickoffs in the game. Do they? Is yeah. it even in the game right now? Yeah. 
I don't. I, what's the what's the obsession with needing the kickoff? They could get rid of it tomorrow, and we'd all forget about it in a year. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. We, we already get so few plays. Well, over, that's, a, I, over I, a whole season. That's the I think his point when he says keep the kickoff in the game. He means find a way to bring the kickoff return back okay. without injuries because the goal is to of course get injuries down and keep the kickoffs in as it stands right now. Injuries are way down, and the kickoff is just you know kind of gone. Well, don't they have this idea that in the, in the XFL that like worked where yeah. they're all lined up and nobody starts running. Like you're way closer to the returner, but nobody starts running until the ball has been caught. That seems like a pretty easy and obvious fix. I saw a, a, a suggestion that the only reason the NFL hasn't done that yet is because they wa- it wasn't their idea. Yeah, and if it's not their idea, they're going to be slow to it because they don't want to just be seen as playing copycat. But like, who cares if you want the kickoff and that's the best idea? XFL doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> it's like the UFL, right? They combined with the USFL, and now they're a different old league like together. Whatever. does Who cares? Nobody's watching that anyway. Just do it, and it, half the people will think it was your idea. They might. Meanwhile, they're focusing on things like the tush push and fumbles out of the end zone. Did Could, he talk about that yesterday, the tush push? I didn't see a clip about him talking about the tush push yesterday. I know he wants it, he wants it out. That was I was going to say, because that was a report during the year that he specifically yeah. wants it gone. He thinks it should go away, yeah. which I'd be fine with. 803-0550. Here's what we're asking today. We've got a Twitter poll about this and a bunch of answers, uh, reply, replies. If you want to give us a call, please do. Join us. Has the Super Bowl changed for you as a Bills fan since they've become good? And you know you, the way you feel about this week is, uh, I don't know. We we used to we used to have storylines, Joe. You know, we used to I'm trying to think of a Super Bowl where we we weren't totally upset about well, it. Well. I think I'm used to it because I mentioned you live the Brady life. Brady is in the first Super Bowl that I can remember. So, how many Super Bowls for me are uh, because so, it's it's New England or it's Kansas City? I mean, it's it's a lot of them. So you've watched 20 Super Bowls and pretty much hated 15 of them. <laughs> like, yeah, kind of like, like yeah. going into it, especially life is pain. You you, you, yes. you are used to hating the Super Bowl. I am very used to hating the Super Bowl. The the ones that they're not involved in, like there was the it was the fifteenth anniversary the other day of the uh the, the Steelers and Cardinals Super Bowl. Like game was awesome. Game was great. It was. Storyline Larry Fitzgerald and storylines everywhere. Look at Kurt Warner's back. And what else? Like you had even like Stafford a couple years ago against the Bengals. Like I like Matthew Stafford. Like that was a cool story. I was rooting for him. To win it, McVeigh was a cool story too. Um, like you have that a few times, but it's not Drew Brees winning the Super Bowl only a couple of years after Katrina uh, for New Orleans. The few times I've gotten non-Mahomes or Brady Super Bowls, they've been pretty good stories. But it, it's yeah, how many is it? It's how many Super Bowls did, did Brady go to? Was it ten? He lost two to the Giants. He lost another one to the Eagles, and then he went with the Bucks. So it's eleven. Eleven. He went to eleven Super Bowls. Yeah, and this is Mahomes' fourth. So that's fifteen. Fifteen. I, mean, I just want them both to go away now. <laughs> I'm not quite there with Mahomes. I was with Brady, but man, it's it's those two in almost every game, including the one where it was both of them. By the way, yeah, right. Yikes. Couple yeah. couple tweets on this. One, it's changed because I'm older, not because of the Bills. Last decade has been year to year. Sometimes I watch. Sometimes it's on. But no attention given. A couple of years I skipped. 
Skipped? I know, that's that's saying something. Carly writes yeah. in, my husband's insisting we only watch the SpongeBob version because it'll be less depressing. Ooh, that's an idea. If you're really depressed about this matchup or just watching the Chiefs again, I think, hey, the Nickelodeon broadcast might be uh, might be the thing for you. Scott writes in, and this is, I think, what a lot of the, the, the sentiment is, it's annoying now getting close and always missing, ready for the Super Bowl to be done with so I don't have to hear about it anymore. Yeah, you, you that that's... I like where this this lands, Scott, because the Super Bowl is in the way of finally getting on to the rest of it. Yeah. You know, your way, if Bills fans could push a button and start free agency today, yeah, you'd wouldn't do it. we do it? You'd all do it. Everyone would do let's it. Go, let's go. Let's go. We're impatient. Let's get Bean to work here. Right. Start free agency. Let me start seeing the sunglass memes about some you know third string receiver <laughs> that they paid three million dollars yes. to. Yes. I don't even need the big fish. Get me just anybody new. Get me a new player, a new idea. Get me to the combine. Get me to pro days. Then the draft, where I can start to think about how this team's going to attack to get back to this spot and. Josh Allen really laid it out at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am where he said, it's great to be here, but it also stinks. He doesn't want to play in that anymore. He wants to be playing in this game this week. And I think that resonated, obviously, with a lot of Bills fans. So, yeah, you get to this spot, and it's just, uh, all right, fine, go play your game, play your game. Mm-hmm. All right, fine, we're on to the next season. Their game and then their parade. And your parade. And get up there and claim everybody doubted you and nobody believes in you and Put some respect on the name of the yeah. Chiefs. So really, we have like two more weeks until it's like full go. Like, okay, we're till we're clear. We're put this year in the rearview mirror because it's all it's all over. Yeah, we're two weeks away from you know Travis Kelsey getting up on the stage and right exactly shouting down everybody that doubted the Kansas City Chiefs when it was like three people out of fifteen hundred that have a podcast somewhere <laughs> in the world. I mean, but they I, were doubted. I was one of them. But like. It was earned. Yeah. Right? Like, it yes, was earned. Yes. At Mahomes, I thought, actually put it well. Was it after the Bills game? It might have been after the AFC Championship game, where he basically said people doubted us, but rightfully so. Like, he, he basically gave credit to, no, like, we should have, this was not the same looking team. Like, we ended up here. It was Kind of a, all right, like, people would have been doubting us out there, but it was because we were losing games to Aiden O'Connell. Like, what were, what were you supposed to do? We were scoring a full touchdown less per game than we normally have. I mean, it was inevitable that that was going to happen. They they kind of earned it. But the defense, maybe, is the one the group that you could say, you know, if you're Ladarius Sneed and you get up there and say people doubted us, like, maybe he's got more of a right to that because I, I'm guilty of just bypassing how good their defense was. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. Their offense is not as good as it used to be. They're not going to make the Super Bowl. They can't. And then their defense has been, like, you amazing. Know, they won the AFC Championship game 17-10. to 10. Yeah. 17-10. to 10. Maybe it, that's the type of Super Bowl we're getting, by the way. A low-scoring Low-scoring defensive game. Well, the one of the questions is, if you want to get to some matchup stuff, will the Niners do what the Ravens did not, which is... Run the ball. Mm -hmm. The scouting reports on the Chiefs have been they're not a good run defense. They're 31st in the league in EPA per play in terms of uh, zone runs against. They're bad. They don't stop a zone run scheme. You know who the best zone run scheme in the NFL is? The Niners. Yup. 
Uh-huh. So will the Niners do what they do better than anybody against a team that doesn't stop it? And, of course, will Steve Spagnuolo have an answer for it? But, you know, big criticism of the Ravens was, what are you doing? Right, six handoffs to, you, to, hand, to running backs. You are a running team. Mm-hmm. You do that pretty well. Not as much as they had been in years past, but that's a lot of what you do. You're good at it, and you didn't do it against a team that's bad. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, 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 it is funny for the Niners. It is all McCaffrey. Yeah. Like, by percentage, more than anybody in the league. Like, it's all that guy. In fact, Debo is really their other their other guy that they'll they'll get involved in the in the rushing game. He was I mean, if you look at their like rush success rate and all those numbers on the year, like Elijah Mitchell, he only had 75 carries, less than 300 yards. Like it's it's McCaffrey and then right after that it's Debo. He had 225 yards on 37 carries on the season. Like we're we're 7 yards per attempt just about. So getting him involved too. I mean, Debo? Yeah, are we about to enter an off season where he gets compared to everybody that has yards after catch is going to be compared to Debo again because he goes off in the Super Bowl and that's fresh in our minds. Could be. Because that happened three years ago, two years ago. There was a year where he just was unbelievable at the end of the year, and the whole offseason was this guy's Debo, this guy's Debo. This right. Travis Etienne's Debo. They're that, all Debo. That was the year we we lo- we kind of invented the phrase, or he might have said it, wide back. Like he wanted to be paid like a, oh, yeah. like a receiver and a running back because he played receiver and running back. Right. He's a wide back. Well, well, McCaffrey also would. There's there's a thing out there that's been true. Like you can pull up a list of the Super Bowl winning running backs over the last what is it like seven years, eight years, and there's just nobody. Like, be- it's Legarrette Blunt. It's <laughs> it's nobody. It's it's I mean Clyde Edwards Hilaire with the Chiefs. He's not even the starter anymore. And McCaffrey winning it on Sunday would be like the first time a team. All out, invested a bunch in their running back, paid the guy. He's one of the best in the league, and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, it doesn't happen. McCaffrey's don't win the Super Bowl. That's right. Derrick Henry's never got close. That's right. There's there's a couple things that don't happen in finger quotes that one of them is going to go away. That one or Mahomes on a big contract, right? For a little while there, we lived in a hey, quarterbacks uh, don't win the Super Bowl after their first entry level. You got to take advantage mm-hmm. of that because once you get that big cap hit, nobody wins, and that's expectedly mm-hmm. is that the word I'm looking for? As expected, that's gone away. Like if anybody thought yeah. once Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and keep adding them in here all get paid. Those guys are going to be winning Super Bowls. So the idea that you had to win a Super Bowl on a rookie contract, of course you have yeah. an advantage if the guy's good, but... Wouldn't that, this be the third year in a row that a guy on like a bigger contract has won it? Mm-hmm. Because Stafford's a big contract. Stafford was a big contract, and then Mahomes back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Who's before Stafford? Brady. Uh, Brady. Brady took those... We, those you know, he was cheating behind the scenes the whole time. But I don't know if Mahomes' cap hit was nearly as big last year as it is this year. But again, that whole yeah. thing about trading Tyreek Hill, getting picks and building the defense was because of the cap crunch coming from Mahomes and the big contract, the one that, you know, Allen's going to hit one for the Bills as well. I mean, it's kind of proof you can just do it a bunch of different ways. Yeah. There's not one way to do it. Mahomes this year, yeah, he's this year a $37 million cap hit. His cap hit is $37 million. And what's Purdy's? One? Like, it's the last pick of the draft. It's yep. nothing. So, you can derive whatever narrative you want from who wins this game, but 
there's multiple ways to do it. You can have a super freak show, all pro quarterback, one of the best in the league, um, and have him on a big contract and win it. Or, you know, Shanahan would be the first real proof of, oh, you can go cheap. Go cheap at quarterback. If you if your scheme is right and your infrastructure around that quarterback is set up, which for Purdy, I mean, it's perfect. It's there's nothing you wouldn't change anything. The line's great. The skill position players, there's a little bit of everything. Ayuk gets open, Debo with the yak, McCaffrey in the backfield, Shanahan call like it is to a T perfect for any quarterback to walk in there. So you're gonna get narrative of copycat whatever happens on Sunday. But Mahomes is a monster contract and Purdy's got a one million dollar contract and you know, if the Niners win, it will be more about, I think, that, hey, look how important, if you have the right offensive coach, Yep, what that can do for you. Scheme. What scheme can get you. And building it that way. I mean, they've built it out, and Purdy ultimately ascends to that job. If he's not ta- – here's the funny thing about Purdy, because, you know, the game manager stuff, he was Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft. If he's a second-round pick, he's yeah. still talked about as a game manager, but he probably gets more credit. That's probably right. That's probably right. I heard Paul on with Bulldog yesterday, who is an Iowa State football fan, who basically, though, gave credit to why he's a seventh-round pick. He was not good at Iowa State. <laughs> like, I can't believe what this guy is doing. He was not good. He will, like, shrivel up at Iowa State. So, like, if you look at his numbers, they're not all that impressive. Um, is America ready for a world where Brock Purdy has won a Super Bowl? Is there anything to that? I don't know if I'm ready for it. Won't that add to the disdain of Allen and the Bills don't have one? I don't think so. The question becomes... Because that's, that is, like, uh, this guy's got one you, you, and we don't? You kind of got to it. For at, Once Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl, that lived as a talking point for a good 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of gone now because usually the best quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. Right. Purdy coming in if he wins one. I just wonder what that does to the conversation. If you're a team... Right, think of all these quarterbacks coming out in the draft, and you're a fan of the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You like the Vikings. Should they draft a quarterback? Why? Brock Purdy won a Super Bowl. Oh man, right? Yeah. You you kind of have to worry about that thing coming back. Yeah. And that was happening after Dilfer won the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you don't need had, the top Joe, guy. We had a stretch there it was Dilfer. You had Brad Johnson. Yeah, the two or three guys. Rex Grossman made a Super Bowl. You had two or three. Who who was in? Who played uh, Dilfer? Wasn't it uh, Kerry Collins? It was Kerry Collins. Yes. I mean, even that. Brady also at the beginning, as we've talked about, like yeah. was not putting up insane numbers. Like there was some Purdy esque stuff to that too. Maybe I don't want the Niners to win. Yeah, you do. I don't. I don't like any of the, how this sounds. I'm also a Shanahan doubter. You are. He shouldn't get away with it. Just half-assing at a quarterback, missing on the top investments. Well, this gets. I mean, to, he missed. He missed this, on the big contract and the it, trade it, guy, it, and then it, he missed on the pick. If I could make a comparison, Christian Benford versus Kyer Elam. Benford's good. Elam's a bust. If they swapped draft spots, everybody would be fine. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. If they swapped draft spots, mm-hmm. everybody'd be fine. I mean, it'd be weird if Purdy was drafted third overall. It would have been nuts. <laughs> because people would say he's not that good. But if he's putting up these numbers at the third overall pick, yeah. it would be different. We'll get some calls in. 803-0550. On whether or not the Super Bowl just hits you different now that the Bills are good. Yeah.
we got to guess this Dallas hot dog as well. The Dallas, Dallas dog. dog. The Dallas hot dog at the arena tonight. Uh, if you're they need all- it to be no goal themed in some way, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know how you would go about that. Ooh. There's, There's got to be a way. You put a foot in the crease of the bun. You know? <laughs> they design on listen, each hot dog, on. there's like a Hold food on. coloring, the, and then no. there's a skate in it. I was just going to say that. Hey, Sabres, I don't know if it's too late to do this. You have to go buy 10,000 little mini hockey figurines, cut uh-huh. off their feet, and put a skate in the crease of the bun in every hot dog you sell tonight. <laughs> That's what you have to do. Uh-huh. There's no other answer I will accept at this point. Yeah. You can't just put baked beans or bacon on it and call it a Dallas dog. You've got to put a skate in the crease of that bun. What if they, like, take, uh, like, one of those branding things, just the branding iron or whatever, and then on each hot dog, right after it's done being grilled, you have to undercook it just enough so that you can see this. <laughs> There's a, you have, like, a branding thing that says no goal on it. So you brand no goal into each hot dog. I don't hate that either. Get a gr- yeah, just get a grill grate. They're gonna flame broil the the bun. Yeah, and the the grill grate says no goal, and you just grill it right on there like panini press. Right. We should have been we should have been giving them ideas ahead of time. This these all sound very hard to pull off, though. I'm not gonna lie. Ah, come on. <laughs> it's gonna have like Dallas comes. It's gonna one, have it's gonna have onion rings. They on come it. once it's really all once a do. year. They're here. Dallas, yeah. Jeremy and Joe, you can give us a call. Uh, Jay, stick with us. We'll go right to your call on the other side on Purdy and Mahomes and. You know, this matchup, it's uh, Super Bowl week, of course. Chiefs and 49ers. Ugh. Join us here on WGR. I guess for the average person, how much money is too much money for the NFL to, you know, to try to get out of the little man? Just to be clear, this is developing a platform that a lot of consumers are on. A lot of our fans are moving in that direction. They're not just getting an NFL game. They're getting, you know, a value in the sense of, Five ninety nine, I think it was for a month of the service, and they could get it for thirty dollars, twenty nine ninety nine for a year. That's entertainment. That's where that's where people are going, right? They're looking for those opportunities to expand on the amount of content they can acquire through these platforms. That's ultimately good for the consumers, but it's important for us to be on those platforms because that's where consumers are, particularly the younger demographic. So, to that younger demographic. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Get to a couple calls here in a moment. Follow-up for you. That's Roger Goodell on an exclusive game on Peacock, right? NFL streamed yep. the soup, uh, the, sorry, the Chiefs-Dolphins playoff game exclusively on Peacock. Something else happened on Peacock this weekend, Joe, and I've got two little pieces of evidence to point out the younger demographic. So, on Sunday, Arsenal played Liverpool. Mm. Did you see it? What ha- I don't know if you saw what happened in the game. Which, uh, you, did you see the outcome? I saw the outcome. Yeah, oh, you did. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Good. You haven't mentioned it. It's Tuesday. I feel like you know you might want to mention that. So anyway. Who's top of the table? Who's <laughs> still top of the table? So anyway, <laughs> there was an alternate feed of that game. Yeah. Which was called the game feed. Mm-hmm. You know, Re- Rebecca Lowe before is saying, hey, you can go to this alternate feed. I turned it on. And... Kind of expected like an Amazon next gen stats broadcast. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a hey, the streaming platforms actually do offer some things that are nice. If you've been watching the NFL on Amazon Prime, the next gen stats broadcast is awesome. Visually, it's cool. They have it now where if you want this as an option, it'll flash who the likely blitzer is, and then that guy goes on a blitz, and it'll flash a receiver green when they're open, and you get the all 22 view. 
the Arsenal-Liverpool game, the game view of it, I expected mm-hmm. a lot of other video game elements because that's why they call it the game. Right. It's supposed to look like a video game. It looked like, if anybody out there has played FIFA, mm-hmm. that's what it looked like. It was the FIFA camera angle. You were watching an actual game, but it looked like a video game. And Richard Deitch pointed this out. When the NFL on CBS on February 1st tweeted out how they have 165 cameras, all these angles... Richard Deitch does the Sports Illustrated Media podcast. He wrote, one thing this reel shows you is how much networks and sports leagues want the product to look like a video game. It is intentional. Mm -hmm. So here I've got a video game feed on Peacock. I've got next-gen stats, which which looks very video gamey. Richard Deitch, very plugged into the media landscape, says that. And Roger Goodell, in talking about it, says, younger demographic. Yeah, It is intentional. While Nickelodeon is the first gateway into this kind of, hey, augmented reality stuff. Yeah. The funny thing is, Joe, if you go back far enough, the Fox Tracks puck, which lit up blue and red and had fireballs coming out of it, was way ahead of its time. And the technology is at a point now where you want to talk about the future of these games. Yeah. These streaming services do offer that in a way that traditional television kind of doesn't. Right. Not to say that traditional television can't do it, but just hasn't really seemed to put a toe in the water the same way that the streaming services have. Yeah. Are they – is that landing on people, though? Like, doesn't it – like, how long did you stick with that broadcast on, on uh, Saturday or Sunday? Um, Like, did you watch the whole game with it? No. No. Because that often is what happens to me. I like that the option is there. The next-gen stats, I think, on Thursday Night Football is the one I usually can go the longest with, sometimes even the whole game. Although, not always. I feel like those casts, I like that they're there. I'll try them out. And then after a quarter, I just kind of want my familiar angle, you know? Well, it, it, it just it's, there's more of a comfort in it. I, don't I agree. Know. It, it drives home how important it is to get the cutaway of the player's face after a shot. Yeah. As opposed to just... The all twenty two angle, the all twenty two, or zoomed out, or those next gen stats. Right. Often you're watching and you're getting a great look at the game, but you're not as intimate as you are with you're, the traditional broadcast. Yeah, you're only really getting like one, the one camera the whole time, versus like what what's the? I mean, one sixty five, right? One hundred sixty five different camera angles. I'm getting all of those. Yeah. With one, I got a producer or a director behind the scenes that's running the game broadcast that is pointing, okay, go there, go there. Like, he's he's running the show. I got a maestro behind the scenes that's giving me all those different angles that I want to see. I like having the all-22 view from up high. I like having those different angles when I'm watching the main game, but that's all I'm getting out of it. Maybe, I, like, the next step is, like, I get a next-gen stats cast where I, I can watch the All-22 view, but when the play is not happening, I'm still getting the normal broadcast, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I think next-gen stats does do some of that. They do but, some of it, yeah. But but I, I, this kind of gets back to the point about the Manning cast, and we'll get to a call here from TJ, which is when you're watching your own team, you feel like you need the intimate broadcast. I'm... Yeah into this game i need to be brought as close to it as possible i think about you know the champions league and how it's non-stop slow-mo and pained faces and emotions and all this 
that they are really driving home. Stanley Cup, right? Zoom in on a guy who's got stitches across his nose. Mm-hmm. That's what you want when your team is playing. If you're just watching casually, and maybe it's a Tuesday game as opposed to something that matters a ton, then you maybe may, you know, oh, I'll watch this from an interesting, different angle or something. There'll be NBA games where I will put on that. You ever watch that around the rim or above the rim cast that yes. they offer? Yes. I like that. If it's like the NBA Finals, I'm not putting that on for a second. Like yeah. I need, I need all the romanticism of like what that usually is. TJ in Toronto. Hey TJ, what's up? Yeah, I'm calling about the Buffalo Bills. I've been watching Buffalo Bills for about maybe 40 years, and apparently, okay, um, the same old, same old. I cannot believe they got a chance to win in the last two years. Good chance, good players, and nothing happened. If you do the same thing over and over again and expect to get a different result, it will not happen. And next year, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same thing next year, and the other year, and the other year. You need a wholesale change in management, coaches and GM, and get some people who want to come in and make it seem a robust team. You can't do the same thing over and over again. Now, people who are 84, 85, they're going to die by the time they win, win something. Everybody's waiting, waiting. How long are we going to wait with the same old, same old? It will not work. You have to make a, a really, really dynamic change yeah. to get him up a bit on track. Thank you. Thank you, TJ. It's a, it's a case for getting rid of Josh Allen, I guess, huh? Can't keep doing the same thing. Change the quarterback. Oh, you meant somebody else? Mm-hmm. Coach. Maybe a coach. Yeah. Well, they're not going to do it. He said management. He did. Um yeah, it's not going to happen. Nope. I'm looking at, I'll save this for later today, the mock draft watch. MattyGladBuffaloBills.com mock draft watch. I'm ready to boil down everything we're going to talk about for receiver for the next two months, mm-hmm. three months, three months, into a four-word phrase. Maddie's- and it's not... Wide receiver train. That's only three words. I can't even make that into <laughs> well, four. Well, I'll just do it real quickly here, and we'll get a break in. So there, she has a uh, fifteen different mock drafts. Who the experts are saying the Bills might take? It's a mock yeah. draft. White watch it at buffalobills.com. And you know, there's some have the Bills mocked a receiver, and others don't. It's a four word word is clunky here because one of them's not really a word, but you'll a phrase. That is the most important for all of it on who they should take and how they should approach this. Mm-hmm. 15 different mock drafts, bunch of different receivers. There's some Brian Thomas Jr. There's some, uh, just scrolling down here, like who's in this any, mix. Any Troy Franklin? Yes, there's some Troy Franklin. Need that. There's uh, Xavier Worthy. There's Adnai Mitchell. And here's one that's a second-round pick. Again, these are, these are scouting reports. So ESPN's Matt Miller had the Bills taken a center in the first round, which sounds Psychotic. Weird. A center. I'll, I'll go with weird. Yeah. But it's not impossible. You know, interior line help in the future after Mitch Morse. But he has the Bills taking Jalen Polk in the second round. And uh-huh. Washington receiver, I like him quite a bit. What he writes about Polk includes the four-word phrase that the entire draft should come down to for the wide receiver train. We've We've said... They're going to need a couple, and they need a couple different ideas and a couple different variations. Matt Miller writes of Jalen Polk, the six foot two, two hundred four pounder. Here's your forward phrase, Joe: has future number one ability. Hmm. Yeah, the Bills need to come out of the draft with that 
Yep. Which one is it? What? Whatever. There's going to be vertical guys. There's going to be yak guys. Has future number one ability. That's what I'm going to chase. Don't don't tweet me contested catches. Mm-hmm. Don't tweet me catch radius. I need number one ability. Mm-hmm. Maybe that guy doesn't hit it, but he has to have the the the, the body of work, the skill set that that is an that is an outcome for him that exists. Yeah. Because they're pro- that guy's probably going to need to be it when Diggs in two years in two years yep. yeah or if Diggs or, or, has already started to dry up the production a little bit already or even if need Diggs, it now even if he hasn't yeah you know that that phrase has to be in a receiver that the Bills take has to be there now how many guys have that a bunch of them right a bunch of them do. 803-0550, break time. We have uh, instant trivia coming up. Don Granato, Sabres head coach, coming up top of the hour as well. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. This song was the menu music for one of the recent NBA games. Yeah. So here's a question for you. I saw it suggested, because LeBron's in trade rumors. He's in trade rumors, and specifically he's in uh, Knicks trade rumors because his agent met with the Knicks president or something. Yes. And as, uh, you know, whatever, I got got a scratch an itch here. Okay. Bringing back LeBron v. MJ, if Uh he were to be traded to the Knicks and win a title. With the Knicks? With the Knicks. And it would have delivered titles to Miami, Cleveland, L.A., and New York. Four different teams, yeah. I mean, come on. That's pretty good. And one of them being the Knicks. The Knicks. Knicks. (laughs) That would be pretty good. I I want. Maybe he thinks that's the path. Hey, if he wants to be better than Jordan, it's... Well, I'm probably not getting six. If I have time to win one more, where do I get the most credit? For that one more. Yeah. And there's no way he gets more credit anywhere else than... I mean, if he won like with the with the Hornets, maybe he'd <laughs> get a bunch of credit. But like the Knicks would be the one. I can't think of anything I want more in the sports world right now than him to get traded to the Knicks. I would love wow, that. More than anything in the sports world. I, I mean, would. Arsenal is, might win the uh, Premier League. But <laughs> look at you admitting that. Oh, look, all right, thank you for that. I mean, might. Very, uh, very loose on might. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Jimmy in Miami before the break. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, guys. Good morning. Hey, um, talking about the Super Bowl and how things have changed, um, a lot of the older guys that listen are probably a lot like me. Um, well, I saw the first Super Bowl uh, when I was a kid. and um, Well, back then it was the AFL and then the NFL. And the AFL was the upstart league. And, of course, the NFL was the old uh, – teams, you know, the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions, and so on. But um, there was a lot of drama leading up to the first Super Bowl. Uh, Pete Rozelle, the commissioner, formed the merger, and it was going to be called then the AFC and the NFC. So anyway, there was all this drama, and I was an AFL guy uh, because of the Bills, of course, and uh, the Chiefs are playing the Packers. So the Packers really were like the Chiefs now, the insufferable uh, Green Bay Packers, that, that's all you heard about was uh, Lombardi and Bart Starr and how great they were and how they were going to just tear up any AFL team that came in their path. And, of course, the first 
uh, Super Bowl uh, kind of went that way. You, you kind of saw the Chiefs that weren't going to win that game. And then, of course, the insufferable uh, Packers. Again, they beat the uh, Raiders the second Super Bowl. But then, of course, things changed. And, uh, you know, parity started to uh, eventually get into the league. And uh, we had the, the Jets win the next one. And then the Chiefs. Of course, I, back then I was rooting for the Chiefs because then they beat the, uh, the Vikings in number four. But uh, a lot, a lot has come. I guess, I guess you could say full circle. So now I'm, you know, Chris a Bills guy, and uh, <laughs> you, you root against the Chiefs. Yep. But uh, that was it. You know, uh, pretty much is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. I, I have not. One thing that used to happen this week, Joe. This is another like we're old and you're young. Yep. Back before there were thirty thousand different sports channels, and you know television debate shows is Brock Purdy a game manager this week was completely dedicated to whether it's ESPN it had to be on ESPN mm-hmm. watching the 30 minute NFL films versions of Super Bowls yeah it would it'd be like you, you would binge catch up on okay this is Super Bowl 24 watching the first 23 and seeing the <laughs> NFL films recaps the 30 mm-hmm. minute versions of the 70s and the 80s and the and those still exist, and you can NFL Network probably does those throughout. But that's that's something that I feel maybe that's what I'm missing. That the old Super Bowl, just seeing all those just, recaps and going back in time yeah. and, and remembering them for what they were, because that did kind of set the stage for okay, and here comes the next one. You know, how will this one be remembered? Right. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Thanks, Jimmy. And there are a lot of you know, as he mentioned, like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are there early on from the start. They beat the Bills to go to Super Bowl One. Sabres head coach Don Granado for his uh, weekly spot. We got the Sabres and Stars at KeyBank Center tonight. The Sabres have a bit of a homestand here. We'll chat with him about the uh, injuries, of course, to Matias Samuelson. Got a couple guys coming back in the lineup as well. Uh, so we'll see what the Sabres head coach has planned. You can join us as well, 803-0550 here on WGR. It's time to talk Sabres hockey. Let's get the inside story. Here's Sabres head coach, Don Granado. The Don Granado Show is being brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. By Losi and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys, working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. By Roy's Plumbing, just call Roy's today. We'll take the worry away. And by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think of Town Ford. Now with head coach Don Granado, here's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Happy Tuesday morning. Sabres back to it after the All-Star break. A little bit of time off for the Sabres and their head coach, and he joins us on the Western Hotline, Don Granado. Good morning, Don. Good morning, guys. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Nice to, to be back on the ice. We've practiced the last couple days, and it uh, feels good to get back into it. How about the the break from... Whatever, the team getting away for a little bit, the mental break about uh, you know, these games, obviously, they run together really quickly. I know sometimes when we talk, you point out you don't have a lot of time to practice. How about a time to just kind of mentally recharge with, uh, with the break you had? You know, even when you have one day off, uh, it, it's, it's a recharge. You have two days off, it, it's actually an amazing feeling to, to you know, have an opportunity to breathe uh, just because you play so many you know, every other day, so many times or back to back. So yeah, it gives everybody. And, and then obviously for the, you know, that's for myself and the players and then for the players, just the, 
the bodies, uh, you know, the physical side of, of uh, you know, not carrying soreness, you know, lots of times is injuries uh, or uh, I should say nagging, nagging type injuries linger longer because you don't have two or three days to rest them. So, uh, yeah, nice break for everybody uh, throughout the whole league. It's nice to have a couple practices before you get into tonight's game. Tonight you've got Dallas. Let's get to some of your injuries, though. Matias Samuelson shutting down for the season. And I wonder, frustration on, on his behalf, feeling bad. I mean, he's had a, a tough time staying healthy, and whether that's bad luck or whatever it is, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about the mental break you get from having time off. And imagine he's had time off that, of course, he doesn't want, and the mental battle he's been going through with how many times he's he's been banged up for for this club yeah he he's uh he takes it hard um he's a he's a team first mentality uh so you know i've had talks with him you know in prior prior injuries where he he, he feels you know had felt like he letting his teammates down letting his team down uh why is this happening to me uh so so he takes it hard um as you know harder than most i would say and it's just a it's his personality and he's such a competitor and cares about the team uh, you know to a very high level obviously um so it does it it, it, it affects him a lot um it's part of part of a career so he blocks a lot of shots he you know uses his body uh he's a big body he's still young and his you know i i don't think uh, my my message to him was this is not something that's going to continue. Um, you know, just just fight through it and move on and do your best. You'll come back. He's going to come back better as a result. There's no question, but how, by virtue of his age. Yeah, Don. How much adjustment is there because of the, the style of defenseman that he is? You know, we, we've talked about him. He he's a core piece that's locked up for this franchise for quite some time. You guys obviously value what it is he does, and it's not like you have a lot of of Samuelsons to play that role. So how does your blue line shift? Who steps into that role? How, how do things get different for the players that are remaining? I think everybody. I don't think anybody's going to shift into that role. Uh, I think that each guy is is there's op, there's more opportunity. Obviously, more ice time um, now with, with you know a guy that played consistently out of the lineup, uh, and I think that you know that responsibility is going to be picked up by the group really um and i think the group is is ready for it um based on just watching you know through the season the progressions through the season i think there's been progress uh, more progress in the last few weeks uh and i do feel that there's enough around it, it's funny last year when we lost samuelson our record was was not very good um you know we did we concentrated on, you know, obviously with Clifton and Eric Johnson and then Ryan Johnson really stepping up. That's three, uh, three defensemen that have really helped out and, and helped stabilize things more, especially under these situations when, when you're losing a guy. Uh, and I think, you know, each one of those guys is, uh, is not only help, but can, can step up even more. We'll get questions a lot about Samuelson and like how he's playing, how his season's gone. He's not a guy you can just look up, you know, the goals and the assists to get a sense of that. So for you, how do you think his season went in general? Whether you know you thought there was any progression in certain areas, regression? Just how do you think his season went now that it's over? Well, when you look at every guy, I can tell you just from the coaching standpoint, you 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 always want more and demand more and. 
um, that was that's the case with every guy. So so I will say that that fit in with Matias. You know, we, we we as when I look at him as a coach, I see I look at the potential and push him toward that. Uh, and there's there's a lot more uh, that he's capable of helping us. Uh, you know, specifically win more hockey games. And so you know he was he was a guy that's been pushed harder this year than you know really previous years as he's gained more experience and. Um, I think I think also acclimating to deal with that the fact that there's there is more uh, more pressure and there should be more pressure now. Don Jack Quinn also has an injury that'll keep him out for a sustained period of time. Seeing some of the line combinations that you've had since you've come out of the All Star break, are, are you looking for more of a balanced lineup? And that's even if you know the lines we saw yesterday will hold into today. But seeing Poso up with Thompson and Tuck down with Middlestat, not even want to say up and down, just kind of balanced throughout the lineup. Is that something you are setting a goal to see? Is it just kind of where you're at with the roster? How do you look at how you're creating lines now with, with Quinn exiting you know, a top six role? Well, it, you know, it's definitely where you're at with the roster, um, obviously, because you're going to adjust every day to your roster uh, health-wise, you know, whether it's known public or not, what, what guys are going through. Um, you know, so so just some thoughts, and, and you kick, obviously, like everybody that follows any team, you know, and, and obviously we're, we're working with the team, you, you have lots of different thoughts, lots of different options. Um Middlestad, as you mentioned, and you almost, I think you almost laughed when you said it down with Middlestad. There's no down when you, when you go play with Middlestad because he's, he's been really, really good. Um, you know, even, even compared to the elite players in the league, uh, especially five on five. So Tuck with Middlestad and Greenway, uh, have had a couple of really good games now. Um, and, and Tuck, um, is looks like he's played with another level of energy and, and, and things like that. So that line, I did not want to disrupt, um, knowing that Quinn is now out, uh, Benson, um, will shift into where Quinn is. And then Akposo has played with Thompson and Skinner, uh, Akposo, And if you think of our guys that are really straight lines, straight to the net guys, it would be Gergensen's Akposo Greenway comes to mind right away. Uh, I just think that, that, you know, Thompson right now and Skinner can benefit from that straight line guy driving depth on entry, driving to the net, uh, causing some havoc in the net, in front of the net, and and we'll see we'll see how that goes. Um, but obviously, you're you're you know you whenever you make changes, you're looking at and evaluating. You know, is this how how is this fitting? How is this working? So, uh, but I can say overall, our team. Uh, you know, we talk about how we want to play to our identity. That's the most important thing that we play with some pace and, and, and pressure pucks the right way. Uh, and that's something we haven't done consistent enough. With Thompson up there, you know, you just talked about that line in general. What do you want to see from him in, in the, in out of the break here for the rest of the season? You know, not to put it all on him because I know that that's not the case, but there's a big chunk of goals from last year when the team missed by one point to this year that are missing from his his numbers um and you know we can talk about how that's come to about come about at this point but what do you want to see from him specifically out of the all-star break well i mean the obvious is you, you know you you hit on you'd love to see more goals out of any guy um but i think i think Tom is a guy that he he's a competitive guy he puts a ton of pressure on himself 
to perform. And he's he's disappointed when we don't win. And and you know he certainly wants to score. He, he's got every right to believe he he can score uh, because he's an elite scorer. Um, but I believe he's he's put too much pressure on himself. Uh, and that pressure uh, when you when you miss scoring, you you leave a game and you don't score. Unfortunately, I think he's carried some of the negative. Uh, you know, psychology of that to the next game, and it's lingered. So for him, I, you know, it, when you see him happier with a happier face and smiling, you know he's he's in a better rhythm. Uh, so you know, I could say I'd like to see him a little little bit happier, knowing that you know that's that's what you know that smile is going to be on his face when he's feeling his game and he's feeling a little better. So he's obviously a priority for us to um, knowing how how uh, you know explosive he is, how dynamic he is. Um, I will tell you when you split Tuck and Thompson up, um, you saw the other night even in San Jose and L.A., very difficult for the opposing coach to match up top pairing defensemen uh, and hold us down. Uh, you know, they can match that top pair against Thompson, but then they can't match it against Tuck. And obviously Tuck and Middlestead took advantage of a lesser matchup, a third pairing D or a second pairing D, because obviously you had to watch the Cousins line as well. So, Anytime we can get to three-line depth, the fall-off, the drop-off between second pairing and third pairing, first pairing, second pairing, and then third pairing D is, is significant in this, in this league, obviously because of the salary cap. So uh, if you could look at and say, you know, lots of times Tomer gets that top matchup, but that is the benefit if Tuck's not on that line uh, for Tuck that night. So he's still doing lots of things for us. Um, you know, to help other guys as well, just by virtue of, you know, how big a name he's become and how, how talented a player he is. Sabres head coach Don Granado. Don, as we head to the home stretch here, it's a it's a 10-point gap to make up to the playoff teams. And I wonder if there is uh, any sort of internal big picture. I know a lot of times we talk small picture, but are you and the group talking about what what are you looking for in these next few months? You want to get in the race. You want to make the playoffs it's not exactly gone at this point. So what will it take to do what you've got to do? What, what, what do you need from your group? What do they need from you? What will it take? You know, really, uh, when you say the big picture, just keep it small. Uh, stay, stay in the moment. We've had trouble when we've gotten too far ahead or, or dwelled on, you know, what might have just happened and it pulled us out of the moment. Um, you know, the most recent, you know, the calendar month of January – I think we were seven and four, maybe seven, four and one. Um, you know, so we obviously have, are, are playing better hockey, and we need to just continue that. Um, but but you're not if you get too far ahead of yourself, you're in trouble. I mean, again, you know, we're, you're playing against an eighty million dollar payroll against you and, and elite talent against you. So you've got to stay grounded in the moment. We've done a much better job of that recently. That's that's where we've had you know that's where we have our success. Um, and we have to we have to continue that real simple. Um, uh, today today's the most important day. Sabres head coach Don Granado. Don, thanks very much. Best of luck on this uh, little mini homestand, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right, take care, guys. Thank you. Sabres head coach Don Granado. Sabres and Stars tonight. Sabres and Blues coming up. Uh, a one o'clock game on the mm-hmm. weekend, and then the Kings. A couple of West Coast teams. All right. Yeah. Which means one time only for the season for hot dogs, right? Yes. You're only going to see Dallas once, you're going to see St. Louis once, you're going to see LA once. Big, big week for the hot dog of the day.
Hot dog of the day. Barbecue and onion rings tonight, right? If you missed it, we Joe and I have suggested two different things for the stars. One, uh, cut the feet off of little hockey figurines and put the skate in the crease <laughs> of the hot dog. That's one thing you could do. Yep. Jo- Joe wanted no goal burned into the bun. Yes. Yep. St. Louis on the weekend, without even looking it up, I would feel like there is a St. Louis hot dog. Yeah. Th- doesn't it sound like there should be a St. Louis-style hot dog? Yeah, there's St. Louis-style pizza. There's St. Louis-style ribs. Okay. St. Louis, no. Is there St. Louis barbecue? Yeah. I think St. Louis ribs. You know what the St. Louis pizza is? No. It's like... Brett Hull serves it to you. <laughs> it's like cheese Wait, Brett Hull is Dallas and St. Louis. Yeah. it's. I think there's cheese whiz involved. Oh, get it out of here. Not, no. Not even... No. No. That's no? A no? No. That's where you draw the line? That's a no. It's hard to mess up pizza. Cheese whiz on a pizza is... No. Let me confirm that that is right. I'm pretty sure... It is, okay, it's a thin cracker-like crust. All right, that's not that bad. Um, I'm not seeing, I'm pretty sure I've seen, Provel cheese? Provel cheese? Hmm. Okay. Someone let me know if I'm wrong on that. I feel like I've seen Cheese Whiz somewhere involved. I do have instant trivia I put together for, Okay. it's, okay. you know, sometimes trivia is Super Bowl MVPs. And sometimes it's real sicko trivia, and this one's going to be, it's for you. Oh, sicko trivia? Yeah, I'm going to go with sicko trivia. Uh, instant trivia brought to you by the Farmer's Dog, fresh human-grade dog food delivered right to your door. Josh, you ready for this, too? He's gonna, he might need your help. I don't expect you to get all the answers. It's the Sabres and Stars tonight. And I thought, hmm, how many players have played for the Sabres and the Stars? Oh, Oh, no. So the answer is... It's like a me- like puck doku, but it's all a, Sabres this, and Stars. That's right. Sabres, Stars, crossovers. Just through the Sabres playoff drought. That's it. So starting in 2012, all right. 10 players have played for both the Sabres and Stars since 2012. All right, doku has prepared me for this. All right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with a sicko guess that is such a deep pull. Uh, but for some reason, he was the first name that came to mind. Taylor Fadoon. That yeah. is that is a correct answer. Yeah. That's a great And one. all of a sudden, the people watching and listening at home, nobody's watching, think, maybe Joe can run yeah. the table. The Josh, m- you guys might be able to get, you got Taylor Fadoon. I just got a pick six on the first play of yeah. the game. Yeah. And now the odds have just shot up. You, you are alive. Taylor yeah. Fadoon is correct. Yep. Okay. Had to play a game? Yes. Okay, so Ben Bishop does not count here? Ben okay. Bishop does not count. Good. He shouldn't. Andre Sequeira. Yes, also correct. He played in the drought for the Sabres? Uh, yes. That is unbelievable. He's played for the Sabres since they were... It's so long. Uh, okay. He's not even in the NHL anymore. Like five years ago, he wasn't in the NHL. All right. Um, how about... Derek Roy? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Steve Ott. Correct. Colin Miller. Colin also Miller. correct. Good. There are four left. See, this is good. You're thinking of guys that went to Dallas, and I'm thinking, well, no, I guess I'm doing the same thing. It's both. Roy went to Dallas after. Um, they get harder. How many Will Butcher. No. Ooh. Will Butcher. I don't have him here. I, I can double uh, check. Jonas Enroth. I don't have him either, no. Really? Didn't they trade him to Dallas? You know what? Mine, my, mine was only skaters. Sorry. Oh, so, okay. And so don't, is, all right. So don't worry about it. Yep. That's why he wouldn't have skaters. showed up. Okay. Um. 
How about they're gonna start getting harder? Okay, I got a I got a deep pull. Ready for this? Here we go. I'm ready for it. Yes. Stretch out for this one. Uh, Remy Ellie. Correct. Like I said, this is sicko trivia. Remy Ellie. You've got baby. three. You've got three left. Okay. The only reason I remember Remy Ellie though in the first place is because he was on the Iriotters team that I used to go down to see McDavid, McDavid? play for. Okay. Ascari Laxinen. No. He's never played, I don't for think he played for the Sabres. How about Jordan Nolan? No. Felt like he could have been a star at some point. No. Uh, okay. How many are left? Three left. Three left. And these are mostly deep pulls at this point. There's one that's that's pretty obvious. I or think good. It depends again, like how deep. These aren't that deep. Okay. Um, this guy played for the Sabers for a long, uh, multiple stints. Defenseman, multiple stints. Multiple stints. Yeah. Long time. I know Henrik Talinder made it into the drought, but he, did he? He, he played for the, the Sabers from 2012 to 2016. Got really? Tra- got traded by Tim Murray. Traded away. Murray traded away. Pesic. Mark Pesic. Mark Pesic. Is correct. This guy... Well, he played forward for Dallas, I think. <laughs> and Florida. Yeah. This guy was most known for his hair. Maybe. Mike Commodore was the, the first Sabres thing. The Sabres would have acquired him from mm, Winnipeg. Oh, Cody Eakin. Cody Eakin. I really had... Ex- I had... Removed him from my from my brain, yeah. and um, then finally, uh, this guy was acquired from the stars. They got him from the stars. Yeah, not a trade. He played for Dallas and then played for the Sabers. He played seventeen games total. Adam Party. Oh, that was a deep pull. Could have got there. Adam Party, best known for going through the glass. I don't think this happened with the Sabers. Went through the glass and a fan stole his helmet and ran away with it. It's a good video to find on YouTube. Yep. Sabres and Stars crossover. I can't believe the drought is so long that Andre Sakara played played during it. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, thanks to Sabres head coach Don Granado. They've it's- gone through like three jersey change changes <laughs> since the Sabres were in the playoffs last also. Yep. Don Granado's appearance on WGR brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth by Losey and Ganji, workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys. Working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. By Town Ford, when you think of Ford, think of Town Ford. And by Royce Plumbing, just call Royce today. We'll take the worry away. Have a wide receiver idea of the day. It's a bargain basement one, but there might be a little bit of a splash factor there. We'll get to that next. You need to create explosive plays. All aboard! All right, time for the wide receiver idea of the day. Let's go. Jeremy and Joe, before we get to that, Joe, we're watching ESPN get up in here where they're doing the reaction. Is it an overreaction or not an overreaction segment? Okay. First up was the Bills will trade Diggs. Dan Graziano's up there. You know, is it an overreaction or not an overreaction to say the Bills will trade Diggs? Yep. Then they go, will Tua get an extension? And then the last one, I was trying to wave to you to take a look at it. I looked up for only a split second and saw that it was Justin Fields highlights, but I didn't yes. know what it was. And I thought I saw the, MVP. That's right. The, the The question to Dan Graziano was, is it an overreaction to say that Justin Fields will win an MVP on a new team? 
And he said it is not an overreaction, which means Dan Graziano <laughs> is predicting that Justin Fields will win an MVP. Or he's saying he's also saying it's more likely that Fields wins an MVP on a new team than Tua were to sign an extension this offseason. Correct. That is what happened. Which I might not get out of here. Me in agreement with you that Tua is going to get an extension this offseason, but come on, Fields winning an MVP is not Tua. anywhere near as likely. We'll save this for a little later. We have a new bet for the bet board about Tua getting an extension. All I'll right. take a bet. He's getting an extension. Daniel Jones got an extension. Tua won the passing title. He's getting an extension. I think they're going to lowball him. All right, wide receiver idea of the day is LaVisca Chenault. Okay. I like him. He is so good after the catch. He is six foot, six one, two twenty five. He's built like a like a fullback almost. And was injured last season in Carolina, two separate ankle injuries. So I think that was going to lower his price in free agency. The Bills are not afraid to sign someone after coming off an injury. Deontay Hardy didn't play uh, two seasons ago before the Bills signed him. With Chanel, he averaged forcing 17 missed tackles per season in his first three years in the NFL. And if you're thinking, is 17 missed forced tackles, is that is that a lot? That was the same number that Jamar Chase forced last year. Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, and on with Steve Tasker yesterday on One Bills Live. He put up his uh, ideas for wide receivers in free agency for the Bills, and his number one target was LaVisca Chenault, who was drafted by Jacksonville, traded to Carolina, would probably come pretty cheap. Yeah, He got a lot of snaps in Jacksonville, went to Carolina where passing games go to die yep. with um, yep. Bryce Young and Frank Reich and then whatever. We'll see what they do. But he is a unrestricted free agent, and this is a bargain kind of idea. This is going to be one where if the Bills announce this, it's probably cheap and I'm fine with it. It could be even like a veteran minimum type of contract yeah. at this point, right? He's a candidate for, hey, come here and prove yourself. Yeah. Come here on a one-year deal, I guess like uh, a redo of the Deontay Hardy kind of idea, Yeah, which is come here, be a part of this offense, let's see if you can put some numbers up, and then go get paid. Yeah, revive your career a little bit. He also reminds me of the type of player that Joe Brady used in Carolina before Chanel got there. Brady was calling plays, and all those bubble screens and short passes that they were throwing to Diggs forcing to digs in the second half of the year those were curtis samuel routes in joe brady's carolina offense that's like chenault's style those yeah. are chenault plays so i don't know if he would hold up for the season with his injuries or if he would even produce but that is the style of player that i'm thinking about joe brady asking brandon bean to acquire yeah this offseason the idea as as chris brings it up chris trapasso on one bills live yesterday it checks a couple boxes one it's a roll like, this is not wide receiver two. No. This is a role. This is like wide receiver four. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's yeah. a spot they need. It's Whether it's the new Sherfield, I don't know if he's going to play special teams, but it's a, it's a role. It's cheap. All right, box yep. is checked. I'm not going to look for too much, not going to ask too much, and gives them some potential upside, some potential to be a little bit different than anybody that they've got right now. You, you mentioned special teams, by the way, like as, well, he's not Sherfield for that. I mean, Sherfield played some on special teams, but he was like around a third of it. Yeah, it wasn't like he was core special team guy. I mean, he had to play on offense later in the year, so I I think they'd be open to how much did Hardy play other than kicking and returning kicks? Remember, I keep Hines would have been their returner. How much would have Hardy played on special teams had Hines been healthy? Yeah, not much. He's not you know he's five six. They're not running him down the field chasing down punts and kickoffs. So. 
I, I could see them getting to a Chenault idea, especially when they're going to have to bargain bin shop, and this guy's this is the the bottom of the bin. Well, Chenault, before, again, before he went to Carolina and his career died, here are his passing numbers, his, his snaps as well. In 2020, his rookie year, he hits 580 snaps. His second year, he's close to 700 snaps. Gets mm-hmm. traded to Carolina, goes to 206, and last year had 92. All right. So he got traded and was just completely phased out. Rookie season, 600, catch- 600 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. As a rookie. Since then, he one had, touchdown. He had 100 targets that second year. Yeah. But he had five, right, he had five touchdowns year one. So this is a guy that was a part of the Jacksonville offense, yeah. got traded, and went away. He, he, needs, I, he needs a career reboot, and yeah. if you're a receiver out there looking for a career reboot, this might be a good spot. I loved him coming out of college. Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. He was so dynamic. By the way, one more point on the special teams thing. He played more on special teams last year than Sherfield did. He played okay. 47% of Carolinas. I don't know if he was good at it, because he had never done it before, at least in the NFL. Um but if he can say to them, hey, I did this last year in Carolina. I can give you the yak stuff, yards after catch that you're looking for. I can be used outside and inside because he did a little of that in Jacksonville. I'm, in, I'm into this idea. The, if, the, if his number one problem is health, then I, I think I can take a risk there. I mean, he said in the clip, Hardy was coming off injury problems, and they decided to do that. Would that scare them off? I mean, he didn't get hurt this year. So we had also... Speaking of Jacksonville, he got replaced by Zay Jones in Jacksonville. They decided to pay him. And we had Mike Giannini on yesterday, and he mentioned Zay Jones as an idea for the Bills, and maybe we'll get to that a different day, at, like, what, $5, 6000000 million a year? Like, not an expensive deal. I Chenault at, like, one or two, to me, just sounds like a, a better idea. Yeah. If you're already at that tier of free agency, I, I'd rather go for that type of player that's got an extra wart, and it's going to allow me to get him cheaper. Eight oh three oh five fifty. There's your wide receiver idea of the day, courtesy of Chris Trapasso, who uh, was his number one target. Also on that board, we'll get to uh, some of the others that Chris brought up. With uh, Kendrick Bourne, who's been one of yours. Yep. Noah Brown, KJ Osborne, and uh, yeah, that's all I can see on this list. It's like the third tier guys. Yeah. Fourth tier guys. Role players. Role yep. players. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you'd like to join us, Sabers and Stars tonight at KeyBank Center. Jeremy and Joe on WGR. All right, good morning. Good Tuesday morning. Jeremy and Joe with you. We are uh, broadcasting on our Facebook page. And as we've told you many times, we're teaming up with Roswell Park. Go to roswellpark.org slash WGR to remind everyone to get cancer screenings, important stuff to remember. And joining us in studio is uh, a man we met months back when we took Mm -hmm. our tour of Roswell. Dr. Rainier Brenchens is uh, joining us, a pioneer in cellular therapy. Welcome. You're right close to the microphone. Welcome. Thanks for coming in to see us. Thanks for taking the time. Guys. And by the way, thanks for coming in and having the right, correct, reasonable Stefan Diggs take when you, when you came <laughs> yes. during the break. It's like, you know, Jerry was very ha- proud. I've very happy with that. Yeah. Very happy about that. So uh, thanks for coming in. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So for those out there that are listening, Joe and I and Sal and Bulldog, we went down to tour the whole campus, and one of our stops was was your lab, which was really cool. Um, So first off, who you are, what brings you here, what brought you back here, I guess, as someone that's from the area? Yeah, so so I actually grew up in Buffalo. Um, 
and about uh, actually my father came over from the from Amsterdam. I was born in Amsterdam, the one in Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, my, when I was very young, I came to the United States. My dad worked at the university, grew up in Buffalo, proud Buffalonian, um, and then went to medical school uh, at uh, at UB and got my MD PhD, and then moved out to Sloan Kettering and started doing cancer research and, and treating patients with leukemia uh, there. And I actually never thought I would, would, would leave Sloan Kettering. It's, it's, it's a behemoth of a, of a cancer center. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was kind of called back uh, to look at, at Roswell Park. And so I came to visit, and it was during COVID, and I, I got on campus. And first of all, it's, it's a very impressive campus. And even though it's a quarter the size of, of a place like Sloan Kettering, um, it is a remarkable institution. And I was completely blown away by, by, by the resources, the research, the quality of, of, of medical care that occurs there. And, of course, I knew what a great place Roswell Park was. I never thought that I would be able to move this operation that I developed at such a big cancer center to a mid-sized cancer center like Roswell Park. And one of the great things about um, Roswell is is the versatility. And so when I came, I said, we want to become a global destination site for cell therapy. And cell therapy is using your own immune system that we can um, re-educate to recognize cancer cells and then use your immune cells that we manipulate in the laboratory mm-hmm. and infuse them back into the patient. And, and these cells then find the cancer cells and, and, and kill them. Yeah. And so this actually works. And so we are very excited to to make this the next step in, in cancer therapy and for Roswell Park to be the epicenter of that. Right. And to understand how that all works, like it, it sounds like that the the cancers, you find out you have a cancer, you have uh, there's a big umbrella term for what you might have, but that there's a DNA for each one almost. And like what you what you're doing is um, weaponizing what the body already has, like kind of building up this uh, this immune system, the way that your cells respond to individually attack? Yeah, so, so the problem is that, that, that your immune system recognizes cells that are abnormal, infected mm-hmm. with viruses or bacteria it recognizes, and, and it says that's not us, and it goes to kill it. Um, but when the cancer crops up, the immune system looks at it and says, no, that, that looks okay to me. And so we take those cells out and we re-educate them genetically. So, so, <laughs> so we engineer them so that when they go back into the body, they now see the cancer cells and say, that's a bad cell, and it goes and kills it. And uh, you know, that took a mere 20 years for us to perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but we got it working, and we got it to work for, for uh, several types of blood cancers, and it's now FDA approved for that. And now we take on the bigger challenge, which are – solid tumors, and, and, and these are your prostate cancers, your colon cancers, your breast cancers, et cetera. And we really believe that, that, that we're kind of at the brink of getting this principle, this idea, to work in those much more common cancers. And it's, mm-hmm. the question really is finding the right place and the right institution that will support it and that has all of the um, um, resources necessary to make that happen. And, boy, Roswell Park is a yep. place where we really can make this happen. Yeah, our tour... It was back in the fall, summer. I can remember. Yeah. We wore short sleeves. It was nice outside. I, it was, I was definitely wearing short sleeves. <laughs> it, it, was, it was nice. It was yeah. sunny. It, it took us from, you know, the research to treatment to all, all the different elements. And, I, you know, I, I know that 
part of our partnership here. We're telling people to get to get screened. But a lot of people, I think, when we talk about Roswell on the air here, we're talking about like the 11-day power play. Hey, yeah. it benefits Roswell Park. And one of the things we were able to see is your lab. There's a there's a sign outside of the 11-day power play. A lot of the funding for people that donate to that, this money does go directly into exactly what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And and as I was telling you earlier before when we were off the air, uh, you know, the 11-day power play to me is the epitome of, of what mm-hmm. Buffalo is about. If you ever – really want to understand Buffalo and Western New York because just look at these guys that year in, year out, play 11-day yeah. long hockey games all for, 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 for cancer research. So it's I'm not just proud of Buffalo for that that and not surprised that, that an 11-day power play would be in a place like Buffalo, um, but it's also a great honor to, to, to have these, these, these men and women that, that, that put in this effort to be the beneficiary. And it kind of motivates us as, as investigators to, to make it worth their while and to be able to really tangibly show them this is where your money's going that you've raised, and, and this is what we're going to do for, for the people of Western New York when, when they get diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, I play in the community shift every year, and when we did the visit, we did the tour, uh, on your floor especially, seeing like some of the equipment and whatnot and the people, the people too, on like you know what the 11-day power play is investing in, it definitely gives you that extra little bump extra little bump to uh to be you know raising money every year on the on the cell therapy like you know you mentioned it took 20 years what what's the real you know like why like what the value of it like is it that the success rate is higher um is it you know side effects stuff like i guess why was it so important to get to where you guys have at least gotten so far with uh, with cellular therapy? Well, you know, I think one of the things that's always – science is always very humbling. And, and every time you think you got something figured out, you got a cancer cell figured out, you, you find out that, that, that uh, you know, biology, you know, always still trumps science for the time <laughs> being. And, and so um, – so it's it's a it's a bunch of steps, and 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 the first step was to teach cells to reeducate them, and then the second step was to better understand what the tumor does to combat even that cell. And so so, um, you know, it's it's gratifying that that we got to where we are, and and it's funny. I woke up one morning realizing that that this approach that we 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 developed at Sloan Kettering was now FDA approved. And and it's 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 obviously uh, you know mm-hmm. great to know, and then when you try to take the next step and say, all right, well now we now we can cure all cancers. It turns out these these cancers are are smarter than we think they are, and so we have to outsmart them. And we're doing stuff that is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things about Roswell is is it gives us an opportunity to translate that technology. I think a lot of cancer research gets held up at at the treating the mice stage, and and there's a big chasm between what you do in the laboratory to being able to do that in the clinic and being able to potentially help our patients. And, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that Roswell, much more so than, than any other place that I've been to and that I've been recruited to, uh, can combat. Because yeah. we have fundraising, because we have an institution that's supportive of it, it really makes it so much easier to do all these things. Speaking with Dr. Rainier Brenchens of Roswell Park and you know, as you mentioned these these breakthroughs, it, it, it strikes me how th- there's got to be like a little push-pull. A breakthrough is obviously an incredible moment, but it's almost like you stand before this, well, now there's so much more to figure out. You, you, you get this great moment of discovery, but then... Well, I got to discover a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figure I have job security. As, as, soon, as soon as we got the first cancers, uh, we got responses in the first cancers. 
there, there was an initial uh, somewhat naive thought like, did I just succeed my way out of a job? And, and <laughs> unfortunately, I, and I wish I did, uh, but unfortunately, um, you know, the, 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 the complexity of it all means that there's still a lot of work to do. And I, I guess one of the things that, that, that I always used to say is, you know, my wife has a job and I have a hobby. <laughs> and, and it has to be that. I mean, you have to be passionate about what you learn and, and you have to really cherish the victories that, that, that you have along the way. We learned a lot about Roswell and had our takeaways on our tour. What, what are some things that not enough people know about with regard to what happens there every day? The, the, from you know start to finish, from diagnosis to treatment to post-care, what's something that pe- not enough people know about Roswell? I, I think that everyone that works there feels that they're part of a mission. Um, and, and it helps that, that the entire Western New York community takes such pride, and rightfully so, in having a top-tier uh, institutions such as Roswell Park. I think that what people are often surprised by is that every person that works there is dedicated to the mission and dedicated to our patients. And um, when you think about going to a doctor for a problem, you fix the problem, and then you, you go away, um, Roswell Park is committed from, from start to finish, um, whether, you know, from from the initial diagnosis to management of the of the disease, and then afterwards, what happens after you you're you're a cancer survivor or you're living with cancer? How do how do we manage? How do we optimize your lives? And so so uh, you know we are truly a comprehensive cancer center in every uh, aspect of 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 that phrase. Mm-hmm. And how much of you know beyond even like whether it's the equipment or the facilities. Just the people involved in the facilities in general and their dedication to um, to to all of this, to the mission that you just talked about. Like how, how much of the investment is just the people involved? It's it, it, it all starts with the people. And, and, and because we are an institution like we are, we have researchers and scientists in, in the laboratory that, 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 that just really work their butts off to 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 get the funding to do the work to move the science forward and then on the clinical side you have some of the most compassionate people and it's you know it, it's not just it starts with the nurses it starts with the people that 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 maintain uh the facilities it's 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 mm-hmm. such a level of unified commitment um that is really just really inspiring to to move mm-hmm. forward and i think our patients once they walk in the doors, they, they can appreciate that immediately. And so there's a massive amount of attention to detail and a, a massive commitment to the patient. And I think the patients feel that. Any solutions for how to get the bills by the Chiefs? <laughs> <laughs> I got some Good stuff. Luck. We're all, we're all <laughs> working I, I, on that I one. I got some one. stuff I can do in the lab, but it's probably not <laughs> FDA approved. Um, yeah, no, it's – it's and, and l- let me just – Put in, put in a quick plug here also um, mm-hmm. because that's important to, to, to the audience here. You know, there, there are certain types of cancers you can avoid. Don't smoke and, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, but, but the next best thing in, in treating cancer is catching it early. And, and that's really where, where also Roswell has a massive committed program to screening. And guys, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, you know, everybody knows the one traditional screening for prostate, and there hasn't been a sitcom or a male comedian that hasn't, at some point in their careers, made a joke about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, many of which are very funny jokes, but the fact of the matter is, 
you do have control over 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 your own health and and nobody likes screening nobody likes colonoscopies and 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 prostate exams i've done them myself because i know what happens when you don't mm -hmm. i can't emphasize to you stop by roswell we have a great screening program get cat scans if you're a smoker if you're at risk for lung cancer there are ways to, to survive this disease that you have control over. Yeah, you know, it's funny, as, as you mentioned, like the jokes people make, I, I was talking with a buddy about, there's the, there's the annual joke made every year at March Madness about everyone gets a vasectomy in March Madness because that's when you <laughs> sit around for it. And it, I, I thought about that as normalizing the idea of like, all right, well, why don't we just all, you know, you, you turn 45 or if you're high risk, you do it at 40. Yeah. Um, you know, mm -hmm. prostate cancer screenings, colonoscopy. I know, you know, Bulldog had the colonoscopy, colon cancer screening, colonoscopy. He talked about that on the air, told his story about all that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just like I, I'm, I'm, Forty-four. I'm, I'm. I know. I'm entering my screening era. If I could use the Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. you know, get into your era. <laughs> yeah. This is my screenings era now. I, I know. I know. I've got to be smart about it. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of us listening out there have to do the same. Absolutely. And again, you do have control. And 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 there's nothing that we enjoy more than 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 being able to 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 cure cancers. And the sooner we find them, the easier it is uh, to to cure it for yeah. us. And you know, as a as a new dad too, like I know there's mm -hmm. a lot of ways we tell people to just do it. Like do it for yourself. Do it. I am one of those people that sometimes will put off a test because I'm afraid of what, what a result will be. You know, no matter how stupid it is, right? And I, I, and I know that that's stupid. I know it. No, it's, it's, it, but it's you know, but I know it's normal too. A lot of people live like that. I mean, the same is with PSA screening. You're scared, and and, yeah. and then the doctor doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely yeah. understand it, and 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 it's not. Silly. It's. I mean, I feel the same way, and I'm. I'm. I'm knee deep in in, in the business of, yeah. of oncology, um, and you're right. Uh, at some point, you do. You look at your kids, and you you want to be around for yeah. them. And and you. There's nothing worse than if you say, like, "Oh, if only I would have gotten the colonoscopy done on time." Yeah. So. Dr. Rainier Brunch is joining us from Roswell Park. You can go to roswellpark.org/wgr. Of course, you know we've been telling you for a couple months how this partnership. We're trying to make sure that. Uh, we get things taken care of in this department. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks. Guys, I really appreciate taking the time. And uh, you're welcome back to the lab. If you break anything in that lab, you bought it. And <laughs> you don't want to know how much that stuff costs. I don't, I, I, hands up. I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. touching anything. Well, thanks very much, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. I All appreciate right. it. Back in a moment, Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good morning, folks. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Big fan of the show. It's Jeremy White and Joe DiBiase. Good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Hello there. Hey, you guys! Hey, guys. Love the show. Big fans. Over probably 20 years. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Call or text WGR at 8030550 or post on X at WGR550 and get connected to Jeremy and Joe now. Hey, oh, happy Tuesday morning. What's up? Sunny outside. Like, the, the sun is my favorite like, star. Like, so sunny that. My favorite star. Yeah. Here, my, my, here, my, Beetlejuice my, my, is my, my favorite star. My, my favorite star is ranked. One, the sun. Two, La Tulale. <laughs> 
<laughs> come on, you can't come up with a better one than that. Star uh, Latula, number two. Star Bart Star. Bart Star. There you go. Star the uh, the TV channel. Stars. 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 What about everyone's favorite All Star, Rasmus Dahlin? There you go. All Stars. Star Wars. Yeah. Only certain ones though. Definitely only certain ones. Sun's pretty cool. You just can't. Actually, you can't, very, you can't look at it. It's actually very hot. You can't look at it. So, like, what? Like, you know, Fun fact that it's hot. It's very hot. Yeah. Sun. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you want to join us about anything, anything, it's on the table. What do we need? We need a stat of the day. We need. Uh, I saw. I'll, I'll get a stat of the day. It cannot be true. Are you ready for this? Go ahead. Let's make it the stat of the day, and let's do due diligence on this can't possibly be true. Okay. Brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. Okay. Can't okay. be true? It's not true. Never mind. Thank you. So we can't give a fake stat as a stat of the day. That well, would probably be... Uh... A, a guy. a guy that... Yeah, it's like a TikTok. What guy. was it? What was it? I don't want. I don't want to get to it because it was. It was it another Jabram Hamdam thing. No, it was. It, it really fit in the wheelhouse, or was right in the wheelhouse of. I want it to be true, but it can't be. And sometimes with stat of the day, things are so incredible. It's why they get stat of the day. Mm-hmm. So a guy on Twitter had suggested that the number of interceptions that have been reversed. Due to a penalty, you throw a pick, and mm-hmm. and and the pit, it's wiped out by a penalty. He made the case that Patrick Mahomes had thrown fifty three picks, called back on penalty. <laughs> no, and come on, and you the, thought you bought that? Hold on, fifty three doesn't have fifty three for his career. And that second place was Josh Allen with seven. Oh, and I, my first reaction was that cannot be true, and it's not true. <laughs> but is don't you? Not true. But don't you want to believe it? Wouldn't it have been great to believe? It would have been, yes. It would have been great to be. If it was true, I mean, it would be the greatest evidence that the NFL is rigged of all time. You would hear it every day. 53 to 7? It's not real. First versus second? That's unbelievable. But obviously not true. Yeah. He's probably got a bunch, though. Would you believe he's first? No, no. My, Somebody that puts the ball in harm's yeah, way. Yeah, my often. my guess is the player that has the most interceptions called back due to penalty is the guy that throws the most interceptions. Like not the not a, yeah. Although Mahomes isn't not throwing. A no, lot. he's near the top of the list. I mean, Allen was number one this year, and what was Mahomes like number three? Yeah. Like he was two back. Dax up there. Yeah, the good quarterbacks throw picks. You know, that's how it goes. Jameis Winston is probably first all time. That's a good guess. Yeah, because he throws a lot of interceptions. A lot of interceptions. Even not playing. He still finds a way to get into games and throw interceptions. 803-0550. Sabres back tonight. I want to make stat of the day. The Sabres have more regulation wins than the Toronto Maple Leafs this season. Yeah? How is that possible? It's more of a Toronto stat than I guess than it is a Sabres stat. Because it's not like 20 is all that impressive. They have 20 regulation wins. The Sabres doing 48 games this year. And they're 10 points out. Going into tonight. All right. That's one of the stats of the day. I've got another one. Longest tenured NHL coaches. Okay. First is going to be John Cooper for Tampa. Yep. 
Um, Mike Sullivan for Pittsburgh. Got to be up there. Yep. How about... Man, there's so much movement for coaches. You've got number one and number two. Jared Bednar of the Colorado Avalanche. He's number three. Good. Man, everybody fires people. Like, Florida's been good. But no, they got they got uh, Paul Maurice only a couple years ago, so he's not right. How high is Granado going to be on this list? Uh, Don, I mean, I think that's maybe the, the, the exercise here, Granado right? is seventh. Wow! There are six coaches that have been with their teams longer than Don Granado. That's unbelievable. Cooper, Sullivan, Jared Bednar, Brindamore, Sheldon Keefe, and Lindy Ruff. That's wow. it. That's the list. I think Keefe and Ruff are the two guys right behind Granado if you look up, like, first coach fired odds. So, like, those are the three. Well, the others are, you know, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Colorado, Carolina. Yeah. Although, you know, Pittsburgh, well, he won a cup. Pittsburgh's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not probably not his fault, though. You, you want a Sabres conspiracy theory? Sure. Here's a small Sabres conspiracy theory. Okay. A small conspiracy theory is generally eh, working against. Conspiracy is probably aggressive. Okay. There's one thing that Don Granado mentions a lot with us. Uh-huh. Consistently. Uh-huh. When he comes on, a thing that he will consistently mention is third-pair defensemen and the significant drop-off that a team has between like the top four and the third pair. Yeah. He consistently will talk about that drop-off at third pair. So what's the conspiracy part of it? Like, the Sabres went to the offseason, and we thought, like, man, they could really use some help on the blue line. Yeah. And theirs is just like everybody else's. I mean, the drop-off is... But that's those were the signings they made. It was, yeah. Yes, that's right. It was to get better at the bottom end of your blue line so that you weren't asking Jacob Bryson to go play 18 minutes. And how's that going? I mean, they are giving up fewer goals, but we're not really attributing that to the blue line, are we? Mm. We're giving that to the goalie and the the fact that they decided to play more defensive in general, I, I just think. W- I just wonder if there's a little bit of a... And he, the penalty he, kill. He mentions that all the time because the number one thing we thought the Sabres were going to get this offseason was not upgrade their third. It was going to be some really reliable anchor of a top four would come right. in, and that never happened. Right. So, no, yeah, we were talking about a legitimate second pair defenseman for Owen Power, and it didn't happen. And no. Power, and Power, by the way, has done what this year? He's kind of like he's, stag- he's I think. stagnated at best, or yeah, that. And their third pair, I mean, is it any better? Really, actually, if their third pair has gotten any better, bottom four, it's Ryan Johnson, right? It's the kid. It's not the two veterans that they brought in. And those were like, you know, part of me wants to be like. Congratulations on the applause of, oh, you convinced Eric Johnson to come to the Buffalo Sabres. You know, like, oh, Stanley Cup winner, veteran guy. Okay. Would he have a, I mean, I guess he'd have a job in the league. Didn't Friedman say a couple weeks ago, like, there'll be options for the Sabres with Eric Johnson? Like, I guess someone else would have signed him. But, man, I'm just, anyone that they, can I get anyone they bring in from outside of the organization that's like, like actually moves the meter in any real legitimate way. I want to give you one. This isn't the actual conspiracy. A part of this is it possible that the state of the Sabers convincing players to come here 
is in a much worse spot than we're ready to accept. Because it is right now, right now, yeah. Think of every player they get. Yeah, every single one. There's a connection. While mm-hmm. you think maybe, why do they only trade for players that Granado was coached or knows? It might be everybody that they want to bring in or sign or trade. They need a little bit of convincing. Right. I know somebody there. Or like, Tuck, who grew t- up a Saber fan. Right. Yeah. It makes me wonder, in free agency, we say, well, Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson and... why and Johnson had a connection to Oposo, remember? They known each other since they were like right. kids. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of connections. But the point yeah. just yeah. simply is, what if the Sabres are in free agency in these last couple of years are making calls and have nowhere to go? Or are making calls to trade for guys and... They're on every no trade Jacob list. Jacob Chikrin says, I'm not playing for you. You, you are, an, are you kidding? All, right, wouldn't you be on 90% of no trade lists yeah. and UFAs are going to say no? Yeah, that player poll about the worst places to play, the players reported it was gloomy and it didn't feel like the NHL. Which is something that guys who have played here have said. Didn't Robin Leonard make a comment once? Well, you, Robin Leonard made a comment about there being a dark cloud in the arena. We feel it. Yeah. I feel it in the stands. The players got to feel that too. And that probably, you know, if, you know, people wonder about attitude or like, you know, like that sometimes can come from that. I mean, O'Reilly wasn't a bad player. He had produced, but he said, like, uh, you know, paraphrasing that it sucked the life out of him. O'Reilly says that. Leonard says that. You know, I don't know what Eichel or Reinhardt would say behind the scenes, but all these guys have gone elsewhere. And what are they telling their teammates and what are they telling others in the league about playing here? I mean, you can't be thinking they're getting positive reviews behind the the scenes from other players who are all hanging out and working out together in the summer. And that's what makes this season so, I think, crushing. Because last year, the way they played... They were starting to turn it around. It really felt like you could start to shed that. Yeah. Maybe they could make that go away. Maybe they can reset the organization you know Kevin Adams and Don Granato had done a good job of reconnecting with the fans and playing exciting style and getting close and giving us a, a playoff chase yeah when Levi showed up and started winning games Joe that's probably the most electric Sabres fans have felt about the franchise in a decade <laughs> they were in it and they had this young yeah. guy and he was cool everything was back and this season has really been a blow to that the all that you said about like Michael, Reinhardt, Le- Leonard, all that could have been, if they were in Detroit spot right now, we would not even talk about it, all that stuff. It'd be, hey, they're right where they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be where Detroit is, mm-hmm. which is maybe they make it, maybe they don't. But but they, don't have, they don't have the 10 years of no, Detroit, history before that. Detroit is, I mean, Detroit, I guess, hasn't made it in a while they're, either. They're in a long drought, too. But if, if the Sabres yeah. are having the season Detroit is having, they are tied for the second wild card spot, tied for the first wild card spot, right? And one point behind Tampa. If, if the Sabers were having the Red Wing season, we would be over the moon. Yep. Not even, hey, maybe they can make a run and get in it. Like last year was, can they can they climb? Have the Sabers? This is a tough question. I don't think they've ever been in a spot. Since what? Since the ten game win streak? <laughs> yes. Like when's the last time they were in a spot? Because last year's team, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm find this. I don't think last year they ever got 
into a spot. They had multiple games to get into a spot and never did, and ultimately finished once one point back. Yeah, I'll check this. When's because... the last time they were in an actual spot past December 10th? Yeah, because I tested you the other day on like how far out they were at this exact same time last year, and they were one point out. So did they ever win a game to get into a spot? I don't I, think they ever did. I don't remember coming in here the next morning and being like, here we go, they're in They're in a playoff spot. Yeah, and it wasn't like, you know. Last year was a constant teetering October. just on the edge, and I don't think they – they might have gotten tied for a spot and out on the tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm going through February now. They got to within one point, and then, like, I'm a week later, and they're kind of dropping back. <laughs> they're three points out. They're five points out. They might have bad February, I guess. Um February 1st, they're not in a spot. Yeah, I don't know when they would have last been in one. And that, all this is like, it's a dark and depressing type of thought that I'm having, which is how do you dig out of that? How do you dig out of. Last year was the way to do it. There's no, how many players in the league even remember them in the playoffs? How many players in the league remember them being good? Like, sometimes I'll joke about, like, need to change the logo and change the jersey. And, like, I only half kidding there. Because I think when players around the NHL look at that uniform, what do they think of? They think of that gloominess that they responded to in the poll. And I don't know how you win over... you you got to bring talent in. I don't know how you win over talented people to come here and feel like you're a real team in the NHL without... I mean, they got to show everybody first, right? They're not, they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt from anybody until they either make it or as you mentioned, they've like got a connection. Like hey, maybe they, maybe there's such a connection with Rod Brindamore that like he can be the guy that changes all this. But like, that's where I'm at. I, I just don't have confidence. One that the GM will pull the trigger on trades or free agent signings that need to happen like that. Or the alternative, which might be worse, is you can't convince people to come here. You can't. You might have offered and the the Coyotes the most, and Chikrin said no. That's worse. Right. That's worse than if they didn't offer enough to me. Yeah. Means you're playing with a not a full deck. Not like in terms of not intelligently, but you don't have the cards to play. And then your only way out of it is you better cross your fingers and hope that six of these prospects turn into great players or else you're stuck again. Well, more than the prospects turning into great players, what you really need is the guys you've signed to long-term extensions to be worth it. Because as soon as you find a guy that wants to be here, what have you done? You've given him seven years. It's not good. <laughs> the all those they were they were starting to win fans back too. Oh, right, big, like big time. Big the, time. the attendance was growing, and the season ticket base was slowly going back up. And this year has been a. Have they ma- undone all that? I don't know about undone, but this year has been a massive blow. It's it's really been a it's it's tough. I'm I'm going through last year. That in terms of like past the new year, they were never in a spot. And Matthew Fairburn had a piece at the Athletic about injuries because the Sabers have had injuries this year. You know where they stand on injuries and in, in league wide? No, a- average. On games lost, yep. on wins above replacement lost, on all of it, average. They've not been more. You know, it's not like they're the most ravaged team. And one of those injuries, by the way, was Jack Quinn which they knew about coming into the season and didn't do anything to replace it other than, you know, hope Zach Benson could step in and do that, which no. they're going to do that again now. Did they think that Victor Olofsson was hanging around, was going to give them 20 goals again and Victor be, be that replacement? And that is just a z- – I, I forget he's on the team. It is. I can't believe I just remembered he's on the team. It is consistently amazing to remember that Victor Olofsson is on this team. That he's still here. <laughs> yep. 
803-0550. CJ, we'll get a call from you on the other side. Get back to some bills and some, you know, wide receiver train chatter. Get some more ideas out there. Always good to do that. Our wide receiver idea of the day today was LaVisca Chenault, courtesy of Chris Trapasso. Mm-hmm. There might have been one point just to just to wrap up this this on the on the Sabers from last year. They were in a spot one day. Were they tied or actually in it? They were like I. They were in the spot. They had the same amount of points, but they had a higher points percentage. Actually, they had the exact same points percentage. So we're going okay. to like a fourth tiebreaker. Yep. Either way, oh, I want you to do the tiebreaker, Joe. It's important. All right. The, the tiebreaker was uh, regulation wins. Regulation wins was tied. Also, regulation the same amount of games played. Points. Regulation wins. They had more regulation overtime wins okay. than Detroit. One day, February twenty fourth last year. We'll always have that. They were in a spot. They were kind of tied for it. That was after the uh, Craig Anderson had like a fifty save game against the Panthers. Hmm. They were in a spot for one day. Mark your calendar. Let's uh, let's let's celebrate that. February twenty fourth. Yes. Can they get back in a spot by February twenty fourth? Probably not. Eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Stefan wrote in. Wasn't there a game in February last year? Craig Anderson goalied the Panthers, and we were in a spot for a yeah. night. Yes, for one night. He remembers after a forty-two-year-old goalie goalie made fifty saves. That's how they got into a spot. Just win, baby. Oh, just win. All right, back in a minute. More interested about okay, what what can I do to help this team win? Mm-hmm. You know, more so than anything else, mm-hmm. and, and that's the only thing that matters to me. So, whether Kevin's calling it, I'm calling it. To me, you know, the most important thing is us as a team. If Kevin's calling, what can I do? I can do my job to as high of ability as humanly possible. I can get Deshaun ready to play each and every week, mm-hmm. and get our room ready to play each and every week because we mm-hmm. got a great room, and I'm sure we'll add to that. You know, and then I can help develop a game plan that's going to help us be multiple, attack a defense in different ways, mm-hmm. uh, be aggressive, you know, elite in what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing to me, you know, just doing that to make sure if I'm in that role, hey, I'm going to do that at an extremely high level. All right. That's Ken Dorsey at his press conference in Cleveland. He's the new offensive coordinator. Good. He also but- said, from everything I've heard about Deshaun Watson, he's a real quality human being. Yikes. Tough one. I was going to say this. All due respect to Ken Dorsey, I'm just gonna just gonna have this line. Mm-hmm. I want it. Good for Ken Dorsey mm-hmm. on getting that job. Bad for the people that interview Ken Dorsey. It's not bad for the people that, that interview, that Ken interview Dorsey. and like look for sound bites. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Good for Ken Dorsey. Bad for anybody asking him questions. <laughs> not a great. Not no. a great. Not hey, much. so even in that one coming back from the break, what just. Not a great soundbite. Doesn't mean he's not a good person. Not a great soundbite. Which is kind of interesting because, you know, meanwhile, you know, the clip we were... His his iconic moment for the Bills will be... What's the most memorable... Destroying a a, a booth. Yeah, that's right. Right? But what's the most memorable thing he said? Oh, there isn't anything. There's not a... There can't be. I can't remember a single word. I... I mean, I know, like, what he... Things that he wanted to do. Yak yards... But I was, again, like, I was hoping yesterday he would get into a little bit why he got fired and like getting fired, but he just which did, he not he didn't. Do. He said it was a decision of the head coach, and he thought things were pretty good. But he would also do some things differently. Like, you know, 
Again, not a bad guy, but yeah, what is the most he interesting is a, thing? He is a ever bad soundbite. <laughs> a yeah. real bad press conference. All right. He, didn't he call James Cook uh, something? Like a feature back, RB1? That's maybe the most I can ever remember. Didn't he, I think he was the first person that called James Cook like a, like a feature back. Three down back. Did he even compare him to someone, maybe? Again, I'm trying to remember a Ken Dorsey soundbite from August, which, like, yeah. he, he said a million words that meant nothing in between. That's, so. yeah. CJ in Buffalo. Hey, CJ. Hey, guys. Hey, I know it's off season. Me and some of the guys have been playing with, like, the top two, the most important things you would get for each team in the AFC East other than the Bills. And what would your two primary goals be if you were a GM or owner of those teams? And this is just – this doesn't include the draft. It's just players that you can trade for or are uh, available free agent-wise. And I'll just give you mine real quick. And I I just really wanted to see what you guys thought you would do for for each team. But Derrick Henry or Justin Fields for Miami, if you can't get Fields, you would try to get Trey Lance. The Patriots, you would trade for either Khalil Mack and Higgins if you could. Like, this is just to win the AFC East uh, now. Uh, and for the Jets, Devontae Adams and anybody for the offensive line. So you're asking me, if I was these teams, what would I do to try and win the division? If you had yeah, your, your two on the other primary teams. options. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so like let me let me hit on one that you just had. Um this idea has popped up once in a while on social media and maybe even on TV. Uh I don't think Justin Fields would make the Dolphins a lot better. No way. No. If anything, I actually just saw this. Football Insights just tweeted this out, I think last night. Charted quarterback passing from a clean pocket. Oh. And Tua is like one of the best in the league. And the only quarterbacks worse than Justin Fields are Bailey Zappi and Will Levis. Yeah. Like, he's one of the worst from a clean pocket in football. No, I like so. I like Justin Fields for a team with playmakers that he can freelance. And Miami's offense is not a freelancing offense. Right. I like him in, uh, though I don't know exactly what, you know, what's going to happen in Atlanta's offense. I've been saying Justin Fields for Atlanta. Uh, Pitts, I, mean, I think Pitts. Miami's move eventually, and we tried to figure out like who this would be yesterday, like Dak Prescott, just as an idea. Like That level of guy, the next time he becomes available, that's the game I want to be in if I'm Miami. But I don't think that guy's available this offseason. I might want to – I'm just going to go ahead and be careful here on Miami. I'll do it again. Yes, that's right. I'll do it again. What should Miami do to try to win the division? Oh, the team that lost on a tiebreaker on the last day of the season – Due to a punt return? Let's not act like they have to do a lot different. They're right here. Aren't they? The difference between the Bills and the Dolphins is Mm -hmm. the Bills lost their last game of the season in part because they had nobody to play defense. And Miami had nobody to play defense Mm -hmm. and lost on a punt return. Kind of. They also got smoked early in the season. That's right, they did. did. And they lost on a tiebreaker. Yeah. If they don't lose to Tennessee up 15 points late, they win the division. They but Miami is not leagues behind the Bills. Right. Well, I mean, the resume is, right? The resumes, it's, it's the same. This, resumes don't matter. But it's the same between the Bills and the Chiefs that it is the Dolphins and the Bills. Resumes don't matter. How was Kansas City's resume this year? No, that's what I mean, though, like... Why is it even more infuriating that that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl and the Bills are not? It's, this was supposed to be the vulnerable Chiefs. 
and you still couldn't beat them, and you can't get over them no matter what you do. And the Dolphins, you, if, they have to be treating it the same way of, I'm not saying that they're that far behind, but it's that was supposed to be the most vulnerable the Bills were going to be. They were 6-6. Six and six. They had all those injuries. They're, they didn't have wide receivers. Gabe Davis wasn't there. Like they, they, didn't have, they didn't have an offense compared to what they've had in the past, and we still couldn't beat them in the division. What do the Jets need to do? If they get their quarterback, and he's good. They, they need might, to keep him upright. They might be fine. And I don't think there's anything New England can do. Uh, not at least in the next year. Miami made up three games on you, and they did it with injuries to their defense the entire season. And their offense is not perfect because the quarterback's not perfect. They also have a worse cap situation than the Bills do because they have actually less cap space than the Bills do, and they have Waddle and Christian Wilkins to sign. Mm-hmm. So they got to figure out a way to do that. I'm sure they'll find a way. For they're not, they're not going to lose Jalen Waddle. At least I know. But I I think you should be worried if you're a Miami fan. This was you you had the lead worried Tua, about what because Tua stayed healthy all 17 games. You got what you wanted, and you went and 11 he led and six. the league in passing, and yep. you still lost to the Bills twice. Right, and you didn't win the division. What should I be worried about? Am I, am I about fan? ever? Being Ever. on par with the Bills on a consistent year-to-year basis. I feel like they went all in. All the trades for Chubb, the trade for Hill, the the contracts they've given out, Ramsey, everything was designed to beat them right now. The same logic says the Bills will never beat the Chiefs. I, I mean, that's where we're living right now, isn't it? But you don't believe that. Every year that it happens, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've got to believe it a little bit more and more. Yeah. That's them. I mean, the, the Bills beat them, what is it, nine of the last ten? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not all that's McDaniel and Tua. But that's that's the reality I'm living in. It's the, it, To me, it's almost equivalent. It's However I think of the Chiefs, I have to imagine is how the Dolphins think of the Bills. Dolphins 2024 opponents. I'm taking a look at this. They'll get a second-place schedule next year. Yeah, right? it's not easy. They, I think I saw, were one of the teams that could open the year in Brazil with Philadelphia. Don't quote me on that. That might be right. They do not play the Eagles. Okay, never mind. Who does? I figure out the Friday night opener. Yeah. Who do we want to see play in Brazil? Their opponents on the road, or sorry, going to uh, Philly. Dallas. No, not going to send Dallas there. They're not. That's too big. They're not going to do that. Giants. No. no. Washington. Cleveland. Philly, Cleveland? No. Atlanta. What are you, what are you looking for? Atlanta, here? Carolina, Jacksonville. The last two are the two. Jacksonville? No, no. Here's the one. Packers. Eagles, Packers. Why Packers? Because the Packers are interesting and worth watching. On like, yeah. you want, it's a standalone game going to be on Amazon Prime. Right. Amazon will demand a good opponent. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk. Yeah, they want they want it to be pretty good. You can't have the Cowboys. Your next good opponent yeah. at home for the Eagles is the Packers. Right. I bet Packers. Yeah, they'll probably yeah, they'll probably get it too because they could also say like, "Hey, we didn't get what we wanted for the Black Friday game. We had to watch Zach Wilson." Or no, not Zach Wilson. Uh who the heck started for them at quarterback? Was it Simeon? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. We had to put Tim Boyle on our That was our feature game of the year. Tim Boyle started. You are giving us Maybe they demand the Cowboys. 
I don't think they'll get you up. Can't, I, I don't think they'll put the Cowboys on the road in the opener. They are, wouldn't make the Eagles have the, that game. Aren't Eagles the Cowboys side. more likely to be home Sunday night football to open the season? Yes. more Definitely more likely. I'm wondering about the Browns. Is the Browns good enough while also... You know what's it? What's a what's the Eagles owner gonna say in this? Like, hey, don't take an NFC game from us. We want home field advantage because hey, standings wise might matter. Packers, you know, the Cowboys have both the Ravens and the Bengals going to a and the Lions. Cowboys Lions opener Sunday Night Football. Cowboys Lions opener. Okay. Bills and Chiefs on the Thursday Night opener. Because they've got no wait, they can't that, that. that can't happen because it's in Buffalo. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you know, my assumption normally is just that the game is at Arrowhead. I'm usually I'm usually right when that happens. The opener, the NFL season opener. Mm. The Bills also host the 49ers this year, right? That's not in San Francisco. You ready for the season opener? What Chiefs at Niners when the Niners win this game? If the Super Chi- Bowl rematch, yeah. if the Chiefs are home, mm. oh here you go. If the Chiefs are home, you have options. You have Baltimore and Cincinnati as options. Ooh, Cincinnati, Burrow back. That's the one. Look That's at this. We, we got the whole first weekend. The Chiefs win we the Super Bowl. Out. It goes Chiefs Bengals to open. Packers Eagles. Sunday night is going to be Cowboys Lions. Monday night is Bills Bills uh, Jets. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. Okay. Bills Jets. Run it back. Run it back. Let's get what we were supposed to get. Get uh, that game here. Monday, night, Monday night opener, Bills-Jets, Rodgers on the road. Great. That, that's not going to bring back good memories for anybody. No, you're right about not that. Not a Bills fan and definitely not a Jet fan either because their season ended that day. Bills-Jets, Monday Night Football, they'll call it the uh, blow in the cartridge game. Put it back in, see if it works. <laughs> Let's get a different one. Uh-huh. All right, break time. Pick and, up the uh, computer and slam it on yeah. the ground a couple of times. Is it working game? yet? Hit the TV. Yeah. Slap it oh. on the side. All right, Extendo Sports next. Breaking sports news airs first here. Guaranteed. WGR Sports Radio 550. 2020 Sports. Extendo Sports. Did you see the NBA will be having an LED court? Yes. For All-Star Weekend this Saturday? Yes. Court will be able to show live replays and other video content as well as real-time game stats and player tracking on the court itself. That's pretty cool. I wonder wonder how it's going to look, though. We'll see. Uh, Replays during the game on the court seems, like, stupid. I've got one for you I want to ask you about. You've not been to the Waste Management Open, have you? No. But you want to. I want to. Justin I almost made it happen a couple years ago. But yeah. No. Justin Ray, who covers golf, The Athletic, he wrote on Twitter yesterday, when you work in golf TV, you spend a lot of time on golf carts going through the production trailer and the set. There's no cart ride more entertaining all year than the one after the show Saturday at TPC Scottsdale. Incredible pe- people watching experience. And then he wrote, the man in the head-to-toe Elmo costume, shotgunning a Coors Light at 7.30 a.m., has a different disposition 11 hours later. <laughs> and I also saw uh-huh. stats on the number of drinks they served at that at the stadium on yeah, the stadium. 16. Same hole, yeah. It's like 4 million drinks. Wow. I mean, that half of those... That can't be right. Half of those end up on the course when someone hits a hole-in-one. Right? Don't they like all throw their drinks on the course? Yeah, that's true. Or they throw them up in the air or whatever they do. 
Four million over the weekend? Yeah. That's a million drinks per day. On one hole. Nuts. That is the hole, by the way. If I ever go... I mean, that's 16. the one. That's the one you want to... you want to go Okay, to. here we go. This is from 2022. Okay. They expected 750,000 servings of beer alone. That might have been that day. Okay. Yeah, it seems like a good time. How about uh, just just looking up some details about this weekend for that tournament? Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley both withdrew. That's not good. Those are two. I mean, you're already lacking for some guys like Rom. If Xander Shoffley's not going to go, who's going to miss important putts? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did he uh, what did he do? I bet him once and he missed some putts. Hmm. Perfect time for Ludwig Aberg to take over the the sport. Here he comes. Swedish Tiger. He's good. Yes, he's very good. You know, I watch all these guys play golf, and I think all I ask for in my life, Joe, all I want is to be as good at golf as Wyndham Clark is. I don't even have to make money from it. I just want to I want to be good at golf, better than I am. Is that asking so much? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll use my powers for good. Just let me be as good at golf as Victor Hovland. <laughs> it's like one of the ten best yeah. golfers in the world. Come on, why not? Why can't I just have that? I won't even use. I won't. You're saying you would be okay with you have those powers, but you're not allowed to use them to make millions anywhere competitively. Sure. Yeah, I could only play. For, nah, this is a great question. I could no longer play in tournaments with friends. I right. would just. I would just. Well, no, you wouldn't even be allowed. It'd be like the ten year old who's. That 180 pounds and 6'3", because, you yeah. know, he just runs through everybody. It's not even fun for anybody. What about if it's a tournament a for point. not money? Like, if you're just playing for fun. What's it What's it for if you're not competing, you know? Exactly. exactly. There's uh, a new golf rule in Erie County, isn't there? That came out yesterday. Did you see this? A new rule in Erie County? Mm. There's like a nine-hole rule. It's going to be oh, tougher yes, for yes, nine yes. holes. The, uh, a couple of the, the local muni courses... They have league nights, and they've dropped them from 18 holes to nine because okay, leagues have been taking over those courses I see. that are public courses. Yep. It was just a couple of muni uh, courses. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Extra point show. One Bills Live. Chris Trapasso's back on. He's tweeting it just moments ago. He's back on One Bills Live. And they'll talk with Doug Farrar on wide receiver prospects. I'll be listening. Getting closer. How many days? We're inside 70, 79? 79. 79 days. Reuben Brown? Yeah, we're outside of receivers now. I don't think a receiver's more 79. I bet Reuben Brown could have caught a touchdown if they threw it to him. Pro- to, was Tommy Doyle 79 when he caught that pass against the Patriots? <laughs> Tommy Doyle. Good guy, that Tommy Doyle. All right. Talk tomorrow. Go Sabres, and uh, we'll wait to see what the Dallas dog is. Hot dog of the night at Key Bank Center. You're going tonight, right? I'm going. All right. I'm going to guess barbecue sauce and onion rings. Good luck on the dog and on the game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.